Good evening, super bats, and welcome to Slow Motion Triple Feature, a podcast in which three friends watch three movies over the course of three weeks. I'm your host, Mike Keller, and I am joined today by my good friends, Kit and Andrew. Normally, we record these episodes well in advance of releasing them, but we're doing things just a little bit differently this month in honor of the Snyder Cut, a.k.a. Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is coming out in just under two weeks. In celebration, we have decided to watch Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, The Ultimate Cut, which is just the title of one film. Then we're going to watch the kind of the Joss Whedon version. It's still attributed to Zack Snyder, but it's the theatrical version of Justice League from 2007, uh, eight, 18 something. Um, eight. And then to cap off this triple, we will be watching the Zack Snyder version of Justice League. Uh, four hour long coming to HBO Max. <laughs> uh, March 18th. Um, we previously did a Superman triple feature, which included the Man of Steel, but we have not yet posted that. So maybe we'll also push that out soon so that you guys can listen to that and hear our thoughts on Man of Steel, which would lead in to particularly to today's uh, episode. I didn't think about that. That's a good so, idea. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we could just kind of dump that one this week and then put this one, not to dump it like in a bad way, but just like that way people can hear, you know, all of our listeners can hear what we think about Man of Steel before they go into Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, the ultimate cut. Okay. Um, okay, anyways, tonight we are starting things off with 2016's Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, the Ultimate Cut, directed by none other than Zack Snyder and starring Henry Cavill, Cavill, uh, Amy Adams, Cavill. Ben Affleck. Yeah, that was Gal. weird. What was you that? know his, don't act like you don't know Cavill. his name. Cavill. No, I was just reading, I'm just reading quickly. Okay. I just passed through it. Although I do struggle with Gal Gadot, I guess, Gal Gadot. It is Gadot, yeah. I think it's Gadot, Gadot. Okay. and that that was I think that came as a surprise to everyone. Yeah, yeah for sure. I always said it like Frenchy, like you Gadot. know what? Speaking of surprises in Gal Gadot, you know she just had her third child. Yeah, nice. Wow. I get it, man. If I was her I think, husband, I'd I tell think you. she's got. I think she's got some some women on staff who are having her babies like, for her. When <laughs> is she pregnant? I've never seen her pregnant. Yeah, I've never seen any. She was in Wonder Woman, either <laughs> yeah. the first or the second one, but the they just one. digitally brushed it out. Yeah. God first dang, one. that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Keep going, what Mike. a woman. She's amazing. Uh, and Jesse Eisenberg. And also featuring the work of the real star of the show, sound design re-recording mixer Michael <laughs> Keller, who is no relation <laughs> to me, but has a fantastic name. Um, we now go to Kit with her opening thoughts on the film. <sighs> okay, yeah. So I guess my idea, I don't know, should I go inside baseball and say we're concerned about talking yes. about all of these three or four hour <laughs> movies, n- notorious films that these episodes will range so widely that they will be borderline unlistenable. Um, now, when I say we are, I don't mean me because <laughs> I like that um, <laughs> and I don't care about our listeners. But Mike does care about our listeners. <laughs> and so he was thinking maybe we should come up with some kind of structure for talking about these. And I do think that he mostly meant, again, me and (laughs) my seven pages of notes about the film. So I suggested that we all start this by kind of giving what I call our diagnosis of this movie. I don't want to presume that everyone thinks it's as big of a fucking shit-tastic turd as I do, but... These, as I said, these films are notorious. They are, I think it's safe to say, different from most movies, particularly as we're watching an, a director's cut. So, how would you diagnose the 
insanity or the shittiness or the Snyderness um, of these films. And so my diagnosis, the way I take that is what do, what do I see as the most egregious problem with the movie? And what I would say is that it's a movie with verses in the title that doesn't understand how to make a conflict meaningful. So this movie thinks that a conflict is two characters thinking exactly the same way, just about different things, instead of them thinking different ways about the same thing. So there's two characters in a movie titled Batman versus Superman who actually agree on everything. They're just stupid and mistake each other for the bad guys. And I'm on record as not liking Civil War, and I think that that conflict is also mishandled. Um, but I feel like at least the Marvel movies understand that it's more compelling to watch two characters who think differently about the same situation than it is to watch two characters who agree. They're just focused on two different things, i.e. each other. Um, and this is, I think, a three-hour movie about two supposed heroes misplacing their anger, misunderstanding everything because of their egos and their extremely stupid brains, and they just leave a trail of destruction in their wake, and I don't think that's fun to watch. And the end isn't satisfying at all because the movie doesn't resolve their non-existent conflict. It just decides that Superman was right because he died and Batman was wrong because he lived, even though they believed exactly the same things and behaved exactly the same way for the whole movie. Okay. Andrew? <laughs> we now go to Dr. Andrew with his diagnosis. Uh, yeah, that's I agree fully with everything you said. Um, I think... <laughs> All I'm going to say is, uh, one, I I dislike this movie in the same way that I like Man of Steel, I think. Like, Man of Steel I like because there are very ambitious notes that I think are somewhat admirable, even though I don't think it all comes together. This movie is, it's, I think this movie is very, very ambitious, but it's like, Nothing, I mean, none of it really matters. Nothing really comes together. Um, I also feel like this is Zack Snyder desperately, desperately, desperately wanting to make a Batman movie, but mm. without without anyone feeling like it's any version of Batman they've ever seen before or Superman. I mean, it's like he wants, to, he, this, is, this is him wanting to make a, he wants to make a comic book movie. There's no question about it. But it, it, it has to be this ain't your daddy's comic book movie. Um, so there are things that there are things about it that I think it's like he's trying to take a left turn when he's supposed to take a right. And it undercuts everything that I think he would actually want me to feel about the characters. <laughs> So, which is horrible. It's horrible. It's truly horrible storytelling and horrible characterization. But there are like, I won't go too deep, but there are, there are moments where I feel that, you know, you, you compared it to Civil War. And I think that whatever your problems be with that movie, I think that you can at least see the filmmakers trying to get you to feel sympathetic towards both the characters. You can, you can see that work happening. Um, and their opposing viewpoints. Whether or not that works or not is different. But I think in this movie, you actively see the characters undercutting themselves because the director 
does doesn't understand how to connect the words on the page with the notes he's giving to his actors. So there, you know, there are times where Batman and Superman are are they're they're acting a certain they're they're acting a certain way, but what's happening has it's the opposite. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So that's in a nutshell how I felt. Mm-hmm. Michael. Okay. All right. I wrote a little thing here. Um, I said I am dreading this conversation. I went into the film having never seen it before with very low expectations based on the way we've talked about it and my vague memories of the negative critical reception. Uh, I watched it and thought it was really pretty good, like Man of Steel, uh, but it kept itself on the track better and carried its themes through. Uh, I do have mostly critical notes. Andrew, this is not a bit, I promise you. Uh, I do have mostly critical notes, but I liked a lot about the movie and found it interesting in a way that superhero movies never are for me, or I should rarely are for me. Um, if I have an overarching problem I can point to, it would be that Batman's grudge against Superman never felt felt very likely to me, uh, which we can get into as we discuss the movie. Um, uh, I also generally do not like movies that aren't like self-contained, and this certainly it both starts with <laughs> the ending of a previous movie, and it also teases like several upcoming movies. Uh, throughout Mm -hmm. several Um, yeah Um, but yes then after I saw the movie I looked it up and saw that it has a 28% on Rotten Tomatoes and uh, Kit said that she had seven pages of notes so now I'm just scared so (laughs) I mean I will say to that that I don't know if this or Man of Steel is better okay I I think it's Man of Steel easily I I think I mean I think probably Man of Steel is better but I mean, I don't know. I don't. I I was frustrated, but not as frustrated watching this. I think because Man of Steel, I think had more potential. Whereas I agree, this, kind of. Yes. This this is like a movie like this. I think has an even higher bar than an ordinary movie to clear. Like obviously, because it's it's a bridge between two movies. So. Mm-hmm. It seems very likely that it will suck, but obviously, uh, ringing success. And so I, mean, I think, like, uh, so I think that uh, Man of Steel to me was a lot like Batman Begins, where I remember watching mm-hmm. it, and it was like, what year was that? It was it was after September 11th, like 2005. Years. Okay, and I remember just being like, holy shit! Like this is first of all, it's a it's a pretty entertaining Batman movie, but then it's also like they're really building like a critique of like kind of the culture of fear and terror that has kind of enveloped America after uh, September 11th. And just like, you know, and I don't remember specifically, but the villain was like Scarecrow, who's like got this powder that makes everybody Mm -hmm. or like a poison gas that makes everybody scared. I was like, this is cool. And then it just, they just forgot that those were themes they had. And then, you know, and I don't, I have not seen that movie since it came out in theaters, but. Well, it became uh, like a pro Patriot Act. Well, yeah, and then the second one, (laughs) Dark Knight, it did. It was like he had everybody surveilled and all this type of stuff. And I was like, well, this is interesting. Um, And I don't mean that in a good way. Like, it was like, this is, uh, do they they know? Like, which they don't have to have the same stance on surveillance and stuff as me necessarily. But I'm just like, Dark Knight didn't really feel like commentary. Uh, Batman Begins, I felt hopeful that they were setting up something. And then Dark Knight Rises, I don't even remember what happens in that movie. Other than Bane, just 
being cool. Um, I do actually <laughs> remember the first scene of Dark Knight Rises extremely well. Oh, yes. Uh, but anyhow, um, <clears throat> so Man of Steel felt kind of like Batman Begins to me, where they had all of these pieces in place as if they were really going somewhere like fascinating. And then I felt like the final third of that movie, which I honestly don't. It's already kind of fuzzy to me. It's been a while since we watched it. <clears throat> but yeah, I kind of dropped it. Whereas this one, I don't think Batman v Superman was like bold, you know, fascinating commentary or just like totally nailed the culture or anything like that. But I do felt like the thing, the ideas it introduced, it actually sustained them pretty well throughout. And we'll get into that uh, as we go through your notes, Kit. Can I ask before we get into the movie, Andrew, do you have a sense of what is different about this cut versus the theatrical cut? Yeah. Okay. I do. Can you, can you, Give yeah. us a little preview of that. Yeah, broad broad strokes. It's all of the uninteresting stuff. So uh the bathtub, like, is that in the theatrical cut? Yes. Um, that's good stuff. I'm glad they considered that interesting and that you considered that interesting. That's not what I'm okay. When I say interesting, <laughs> I'm speaking from the perspective of No, it's one it of interests my... it interests me. Okay. All right. One so. of my notes was just Amy Adams in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the ultimate cut is interest is, is I should stop using the word interesting. Um, basically, uh, like Jenna Malone's whole thing. She's not in the theatrical cut. I mean, she's she, barely she in the came ultimate as cut. A, I know she came as a real surprise to me in the ultimate edition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there was, yeah, I don't know why she, it's weird that she's there. It's possible that again, they're, uh, that that's part of setting up some future thing. Um, she's probably going to play like a kitty cat lady or something in one of the later ones. Okay. Yeah. Or they'll they'll bring in like the Sucker Punch universe. Wasn't she in Sucker Punch? Yes. She has Chloe's no. haircut from Smallville, so I was like, maybe she's Chloe. Um know. the the lady the late the I don't I don't know if she's supposed to, I can't remember who she's supposed to she she's like from Africa or something. You know what I'm talking about? The African yes. lady. Okay. The witness? Yes. Yeah, the witness lady. Yeah. yeah. So her whole story is like not really that really? present. I think I th- and then there's, you know, a lot of the investigative stuff that, like, Clark is doing. Like, he goes to Gotham and stuff. That's that's all. Basically, all of the st- anything that even. Seems like rem- a Fincher movie. Yeah. But, like, anything <laughs> that basically, like, builds out how people on the ground feel about Superman or how people feel about Batman. Like, all of that stuff isn't really in the theatrical cut. So. Hmm. It it makes the movie like, in my opinion, way more bloated. But if this were a good movie, then those would be good things to have. You know, those. So do would... you th- do ahead. you think that this movie is easier to follow then than the theatrical cut? Yes, because because it's okay. It's still wow, really? really, it's still really, really hard to follow. Wow, and it, it's it's like it's like there's more connective tissue, but it is not a better movie. Right. So it's a weird, it's a weird thing. And like, I remember because I went and saw this when it was in the theater and like, I was upset when I left. I was like, I mean, I knew it would probably be bad, but I liked Man of Steel. So I thought there was a chance um, regardless of the critics. And it was bad. And I left. And then a year later, I was advertised this ultimate cut. It's 30 minutes longer, guys. It's rated R for intense violence, whatever that means. Uh, in today's rating system. Um, And it's 
it's it's it's it's the version. It's the this is the proto Snyder cut. This is the first Snyder so cut, and the then it was terrible. The movie that I watched is rated R. Yeah, yeah, you for violence. Cut. Yeah, so wow, there's a little bit more bone crunching. There's a little, I think, like you know, you see things like uh, when when somebody's head hits the wall. There's a you know CGI yeah. blood behind him. Yeah, so yeah. that I think. People, uh, there's a lot to suspect. I think about that R rating. Um, okay. It feels uh, a little. Yes. It feels a little bit purchased. Okay. Yeah. I see what you mean. Because there are definitely, I don't know. It's it's a PG thirteen movie. Um. So I mean, I'm I, a, I'm the biggest wimp there is, and I didn't love Batman like turning dudes' arms inside out. But other than like, there's nothing. This was not a problem for me at all. <laughs> Mm-hmm. violence wise yeah i mean because everything even that scene i mean they must be the scene in him in the warehouse is like that's the one and it's so dark like nothing can can really disturb you you know i think yeah, yeah. so um yeah i've only seen the theatrical cut once so every time i but i've seen this a couple of times and i think every time i i've watched it i've had to like go and and look up what's different because yeah, it's, it's one of those things too, where it's the movie's so kind of difficult to follow. I think just because every time they bring something up, it's another 45 minutes before you address it again. Um, so it's actually very difficult, I think to like figure out what's added. I, I'm glad I saw the ultimate cut first. Cause it sounds like For the sure. theatrical cut would have been inferior. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah, I I think that's fair to say, but it's, yeah. yeah, it's 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 just like the difference is, I don't know. So it's, it's negligible. Maybe there's a four hour cut of this film that's going to be as great yes. as the well, Snyder cut. I, I will tell you, they I just released a new need. version of it. Oh really? Or they oh, are this? on on the same day the Snyder cut comes out. There's a new version of this coming out. It's like a new. They're remastering it, and it was really funny because you know, you know how I was watching like the teaser for it, and um, you know how like when dvd came out or like widescreen came out or whatever and like you would they would show like the side by side comparison yeah so like or like you'd see like a line scan across the screen and it would go from like eight mm-hmm. from sd to hd or yeah. you know sometimes they'll do that in like like you'll see color correction or or whatever done that way like a criterion behind the scenes anyway they did this for the the new remastered of bvs and the line like goes across the screen and i can't tell the difference <laughs> it's like very bizarre marketing yeah <laughs> so i don't know <laughs> well is it a, is it a longer cut or is it just remastered like color or, uh i don't know or... i'm okay. not sure okay it's probably nothing it's like when they used to release disney movies from the vault Mm-hmm. yeah just re-release them yeah because it's hard to be an ultimate edition i mean that's, it is that's very funny to me that like when you get to the when they get to the title card of the movie that the words ultimate edition are in there have they yeah. ever put out a penultimate edition of any movie <laughs> no but it's about time they do <laughs> that's, I, yeah i think that's gonna start um i guess so you can we... start calling the uh the director's cut of blade runner the penultimate edition because then that's there's the final cut so that Anyways. is a, that's good if you were to buy them all together for some reason like you're insane or something they all come um, together yeah i have them all okay well then that's what they should call them theatrical the cut penultimate yeah. cut final cut. yeah <laughs> what about the three other cuts well there's only there's only uh four cuts of blade runner no there's, there's five the, there is 
Yeah, there are five. So there's what theatrical direct original director. There's like an international there's, cut. There's or like well, a TV uh, cut or something. Okay, it's like I there's think one that has theatrical. Anyways, what's theatrical? Mike's like directors just dread filling him at realizing he doesn't actually own yeah. every <laughs> all five. There's cuts a Japanese TV Runner. cut that I don't have. <laughs> what about Excuse me. the there airplane There are seven cut. different versions. There are seven. Oh dang! Well, the set I have only has four. I think it's like I don't know if it's a work print version or what. It is. Wow, that's kind of embarrassing, dude. It is. I feel like I probably should just not talk about film anymore. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Podcast is over. You guys carry on. All right. <laughs> um, remember when Kanye West tweeted, "I watch Blade Runner on uh, on repeat" in all caps. That was a good tweet. <laughs> he watches, but I think he meant two thousand forty nine. He did. I. Think I think you're right. I think because he, he has had, that he, screening room in his house that he only yeah. watches Blade Runner 2049 yeah. like all the time. Well, and apparently he's really into like I guess sci-fi because he wanted to uh, to direct a version of the, like a update of the Jetsons. But but anyways, we have enough to talk about with this, wow. this film okay. that we should stay right on track. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so Kit, take yeah. us away. So yeah, what we're gonna try to do is I have I divided my notes into basically chronological <laughs> chunks of the film. And so this chunk would be, it's called Batman Begins and Superman's 9-11. So this would be kind of the first two sequences of the movie, if we could talk about. I have, I have, I have 12 notes. Oh, good. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I okay. have about a page. I've seen this movie four times, so maybe How that many helps, notes yeah. do you have about this section? I've got, I've got, I got, I got some good notes about this. Okay. Wow. Okay. Okay. So the first, the first thing about uh, when we first the during the credits we see Batman's parents get killed for the fourteenth time. Um, mm-hmm. What's interesting about this time, and what I think kind of, I don't even think it's intentional, but I think it sets up the entire movie uh, in terms of that disconnect between like what I think Zack Snyder really, really wants to say and what he's unfortunately saying. Um, but for the first time in Batman's parents getting murdered history, Thomas Wayne goes to attack the the mugger. So this isn't Thomas Wayne protecting his wife and his child. This isn't Thomas Wayne trying to deflate the situation. This is a man pulling a gun on Thomas Wayne and Thomas Wayne lunging at him with a fist. I think we see that image or that idea kind of percolate throughout the movie. You know, there's even, like, I was thinking about, you know, Superman, when he shows up to mm-hmm. to get Superman or Batman to help him, quote-unquote, he, he decides to, A, speak very, very slowly so that Batman doesn't have a hope in the world for understanding what he's saying. Um, and then he's immediately violent towards Batman. So it's sort of this thing where... It's this sort of I don't I don't know if it's like a a, a male ego thing or a a, a a a a fragile masculinity thing or whatever, but it's it's okay. We can be on the same team, but you you uh you you did something to me, so I have to do something to you first. It made me think about Fast and Furious, the the stories about that that set of like. If one guy, neither guy can look vulnerable. Sure. Like, 
if somebody, if The Rock punches Vin Diesel, the Vin Diesel then has to punch The Rock. Like, it can't, nobody can actually lose a fight. That's sure. what I kept thinking about. Um, that's that's interesting. In, in those scenes. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, at least those problems are like, you know, those are, they're they're like kind of, it's like behind the scenes and it's sort of resolved, sort of, in a way. Okay. So it's like, it's not, I don't think that impacts the movie the way this does. And it's just weird, like, seeing that sort of thing in the text. And I don't think that, like, you know, Ben Affleck or Henry Cavill are, like, worried about who looks no, like less of a man. So it's definitely it's a not Ben Affleck, I would say. It's just a strange, it's such a strange choice. And I think it, I, I think it, it makes those care. I mean, it's like, I don't know, I don't know who I'm supposed to you know, side with or attach myself to, I don't know, because they're both assholes. Exactly. Um, that, I think it, go, it goes to what I was saying at the beginning, which is, and I thought about making this my diagnosis, but I kind of felt like the Zack Snyder refused to make either of these characters look bad or vulnerable. Like nobody could, nobody could act sad or egotistical or whatever for very long. At the same time, what Zack Snyder thinks looks cool is guys being fucking assholes. So there's this weird disconnect between like the text is ostensibly about one of these guys being wrong <laughs> about what they're doing, but they're doing the same thing and the movie won't really let them be wrong. And yet they're both huge assholes for the entire movie even though one of them is supposedly also, I guess, correct and a good guy. I don't know which one, really, except at the end, I'm just told. Um, and I think that that genuinely kind of starts, like you're saying, with the Batman opening. I think, one, it's funny because t the opening looks is exactly like Batman Begins. Like, Absolutely. it's like Zack Snyder reshooting Batman Begins, basically. Except, one, in this movie, the uh, Bat origin story is, first of all, like, Batman's like Willard. Like, he's just immediately friends with the Bats. Like, the Bats don't scare him, which is, you that's know, a, that's, that's kind a dream. of... But that's what that's the other thing is then that's a whole dream. Yeah. Like, so it just seems like a much weaker motivation for Bruce's association with bats than we get mm -hmm. in Batman Begins. And then the other piece of that is the way that Snyder shoots the, you know, the mugging is like even more focused on the gun as the instrument of, you know, the thing that ruined Bruce Wayne's life. And, you know, Snyder stinks, so we don't really have a point of view character in that scene. It keeps switching. We're not seeing things in that scene from Bruce's point of view. No. For instance, I forgot whether Bruce was even there to hear his dad say Martha, because once the guy points the gun at them, we don't really see little kid Bruce Wayne watching this happen anymore. Mm -mm. Like, um, but so I, so I wrote when I was like, Oh wow, this whole thing with like the pearls and the gun and like this whole, which is probably from a comic I'm sure. But 
So I wrote, um, wow, establishing very early on why Batman hates guns. I can't wait to see how this stance will play out in the film. The pearl, like the pearl, yeah. The pearls are always there. It's it's a weird. It's such a weird, uh, like choreography of that scene because like, in every version that I can think of, um, which I might be just conflating everything into Batman Begins, but um, it's the you know, the muggers asking for their shit, and so mm-hmm. they're giving it to him, and then. Marth, he asks for Martha's pearls, and instead of he's impatient, so he reaches for them, and then that's when Thomas Wayne gets in the way and gets shot. Mm-hmm. And so in this, in this, it's like it's kind of hard to track what exactly is happening. Like, yeah, you know, I see Thomas Wayne lunge for the dude, and then, and then he gets shot, presumably, and then somehow the gun gets up underneath the the pearls and it's this like weird kind of sadistic thing but it's all an insert so i don't actually know what i'm looking at um but it's it's very very hard to track what is being said with those images right and it and to me it it feels like he's a music video director i think i was he's, gonna say music video too i don't i don't think the images in this scene, I don't think they mean anything. Um, and so, and that's why I think it's kind of, un. I think there's some subconscious unintentional shit happening uh, that happens throughout the entire movie. I don't think, I don't think Zack Snyder is meaning to make Batman and Superman look the way that you've described them. Like, I remember sitting next to Brandon and Brandon, like, crying next to me in Batman Begins when he mm-hmm. goes back to the cave and all the bats, he lets all the bats fly around him. Mm-hmm. And the reason that that's a powerful moment to the extent that it, you know, that you give a shit about the Nolan Batman movies is we had to let him be scared. <laughs> like, he, because he was fearful of bats. And right. now he has embraced his fear and turned it into a symbol of power for himself. And that is, like, kind of a moving thing that can happen. But in this movie, like, even as a little kid, well, Bruce Wayne's not scared of bats. He fucking loves them. And they carry him out of this hole in his dreams. And he's, you know, like, there's no, and like you're saying, like, I I think you're probably right that Zack Snyder went, there's no way Thomas Wayne doesn't, like, jump in front of his wife and child to try to, (laughs) you know, to try to save them from this guy, even though that's kind of like, like you're saying, a consistent point of this origin story that he doesn't immediately do that. And that that might be part of why little baby Bruce Wayne goes, I'm going to start punching (laughs) bad guys, like almost preemptively. Well, here's, here's, and here's something that I kind of want to like say uh, about how I feel about adapting things. I actually, I don't, I don't care that this is different than uh right than than the comics i don't care if you want to make a batman movie where he uses guns for mm-hmm. some fucking reason um it just has to be good so it and i have to feel like you understand what you're doing mm-hmm. um so if 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 thomas wayne is going to lunge at the at the attacker and then that's going to have some sort of different which maybe it does 
maybe that's why Batman is the way he is, is because mm -hmm. instead of his father protecting his mother, he tried to kick the shit out of the guy who pulled a gun on her. It's some weird masculinity thing. I just don't feel like, I don't feel like Zack Snyder's exploring those ideas, so it doesn't feel like anything. Mike, did you have thoughts about this opening scene, or should we go to 9-11? Um, not really beyond what beyond the only thing other than what you guys have said is that from the opening scene it seemed like it was setting up more of a batman movie yes but i do feel like it was i feel i felt like that was more of a movie that was still pretty heavy on the superman um, this is this is in, this is an interesting little behind the scenes thing but man of steel comes out it it is expected that they're gonna just they're making superman movies there's no like extended universe shit happening when man of steel comes out Mm -hmm. Man of Steel is made for a lot of money and it makes pretty good money not blowing you know not blowing up the, the box office not what they wanted not what they wanted they wanted more from it and um they are this is also 2013 so Marvel's been at it for five years and DC is really feeling that Avengers money um so they figure let's get batman in there let's get we got to get to the justice league basically we got to mm -hmm. we got to instead of instead of rebooting because again man of steel is not like a, a cinematic universe movie when it's conceived so we have to make it one um so instead of making man of steel 2 which is like it was interesting the way the talk just shifted it was man of steel 2 man of steel 2 all of a sudden it's gonna be a batman versus superman movie um and then it's Batman versus Superman. It's Dawn of Justice. So it's like it it slowly Man of Steel slowly turned into more and more movies as they tried to compress the timeline. Hmm. And by timeline, I mean like the timeline for them to get from a first movie like an Iron Man to an Avengers. Interesting. Yeah. So and also I will say that like, yeah, I think you're right. I think Zack Snyder is uh He's, I think he's absolutely favoring Batman. I think he wants to make a Batman movie. I think Superman, I mean, Superman has famously has like 42 lines in this movie. Like he's, he barely says anything. It's mostly about Batman. Well, and I still felt, yeah, like it was some of the Batman stuff felt a little more like added in or something because it's like most of the story still felt like it revolved around Superman. Although, yes, he that. doesn't feel like what's okay. Yeah, he doesn't feel like. <laughs> I, I, a, I guess I didn't realize how few lines he had. But. He's a he's a presence. I just don't yeah. think he's as I don't think he's as I hate to use the word developed, but as developed as a character as Batman is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But and maybe that's we, because we've already seen Man of Steel. Maybe that's the idea. It's like, oh, well, he can just kind of be there. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and, and this I think particular version of Batman, like we don't know, like, is this coming from the Dark Knight Nolan movies right. or like, I mean, we know I, Batman. I wondered that the whole time where I was like, is this considered to be more continuous with the Nolan Batmans than I would have assumed? But there are things in here that I'm like, make him seem like the same Batman. Yeah. And, See, we'll, I think and we'll get to these parts of the movie, but like where Snyder is just sni barely Snyder-fying scenes that already exist in the Nolan Batmans. I think it's a little of, I think it's a little of like column A, column B. I think, it's it's Snyder wants to do his own thing, I think. So he's drawing heavily on the Dark Knight Returns, uh, which is a famous comic mm -hmm. book from the 80s that basically like made Batman cool again. Um, and 
But I think also we're in a, this is also, this is produced by Christopher Nolan. So this right. is W, this is also Warner Brothers being scared to make a Batman movie without Christopher Nolan. So I think yeah. that there's, there's a little bit of like Zack Snyder trying to do his own thing and also, you know, kind of trapped in a position where it's like, well, we're trying to reintroduce Batman after four years, uh, you know, since the last Batman movie, which people loved. So, yeah, I think it's, I think they're trying to do both things at the same time. For the next thing I have, uh, I was never clear. So like when we're reliving the end of Man of Steel from Batman or from Bruce Wayne's perspective, um, I said I was never clear why Batman didn't understand that all the destruction was mainly Zod's doing. Um, and I guess Andrew had said that that was kind of the Internet criticism. Like it's like Superman's flying around. He killed thousands of people. And like Man of Steel, the film did not seem that aware of that. And then this movie, it's like they like took that Twitter criticism very, very seriously. Or yes. I don't know, Twitter and New York Times, whoever. Um, and it's like the foundation of this film. Uh, so that's interesting. It's odd. Uh, but uh, Avengers I, did the same. Th- like Marvel did the exact same thing. Yes. OK, so, yeah. So I guess for whatever reason, like social uh, uh, social media got um, superheroes to like, you know, reflect on all their mass destruction or something, which. OK, um, but. Yes, for me, though, that it set up it set up at least an interesting conflict um, and like we can debate how well they handled that. Like I said, I, I'm not raving about this movie, but as I watched it, I was like, no, all right. OK, anyways. So, yeah, it set up an interesting enough story. It set up kind of themes about this is my favorite America. thing about the movie. Mm-hmm. OK, yeah, I so like, like I like this a lot. I think it's a very cool way to like start your movie. Yeah, and it's unexpected for like a superhero movie. Like I think it's I think it's genuinely interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then you set up the themes about America around the world and our foreign policy, uh, still with Lois and Clark, both working at a newspaper, it seems like they could have gotten the word out of it that Superman wasn't to blame that Zod was, and that it, obviously that it was not Superman's goal at all. I think they, die. I think they did. I think it's, I think, I don't think, I think Batman's opinion isn't, isn't, uh, isn't built by what's available in the news. I think it's, right. it's, it's him on the ground. It's what he, it's what he thinks he can see that no one else can see. Right. See, and that was just that was my big problem. I was like, Batman is a superhero as well. Like he knows that there's mm-hmm. sometimes collateral damage that you do not intend. He's creating and... a lot of it as he goes around condemning Superman for doing so. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I that's that, like I said, for me, the central problem of this film is that I never quite got why Batman was like he's like Superman must die. Like, it's because he like has even to Alfred... for the movie to be about that. What's that's that? why it's because the movie's called Batman v Superman. Well, and right, that's but I mean, almost the only reason see, on that note, though, like the Batman v Superman, that also sounds like a court case. And for me, this movie and like courtroom drama, Batman, it's that could it's be good. A, yeah. Well, and this movie is not a, a genius movie, but what I'm saying is for for me, it was like you have sort of the kind of rosy, patriotic, more patriotic version of like America, the defender, the virtuous, the good. And then. You have the more kind of jaded or more realistic, maybe, vision of America and how it uses its power. And uh, like, you know, like our intelligence, like kind of the deep state and our intelligence agencies around the world and even domestically. Like, so it's like, to me, it was sort of these arguing between these two visions of justice, like Dawn of Justice. That would be great. Yes. And okay. And I'm not saying that they like did it perfectly and that it was a super brilliant movie. I was just saying like, that's kind of if, 
if I was intrigued by this movie, because like you guys know that I'm not a superhero guy. Like I mm-hmm. find these movies pretty boring for the most part. Um, but for me, that's I was following those threads and I was like, it's just that it's interesting. Superman is not any less of a vigilante than Batman is like in the right. whole conflict about like is Superman Superman going to show up at court? Like it's weird because like you're right. Batman maybe should represent this is the way we have to get shit done. Batman's right. a pragmatist. Superman's an idealist. Except that Batman's the one who's trying to get Superman to, you know, answer to to somebody, to to have some structure dictating. And then Superman's the one who's like saying, I shouldn't have to answer to people. And it's like, right. well, they should be the opposite in terms of how they operate batman's a vigilante superman i guess tries to sort of be everybody's friend and it's kind of it's kind of at odds with the with the batman character that snyder wants to put on screen which is one that is completely you know jaded and worn down and old and uh real and sort of realizing that the way he tried to do things you know as a young idealist are not the ways he's able to do it now like this is a movie in which batman kills people um like blatantly and that is like one of the fundamental things that batman does not do batman doesn't kill no matter what that's why the joker's always able to go to prison and break out and kill more people is because batman refuses to kill him um so doing throwing that out the window that's a major thing and i think it it it's one of the things that puts the character at it's he's at odds with himself like Mm -hmm. it's you can't resolve it yeah. And Superman is at odds with himself, too, because he's going around talking about what a shithead Batman is for doing exactly the same shit that Superman sure. is doing. But And it's it's a, it's the same thing, because it's like Snyder doesn't he doesn't want to make the truth, justice in the American way. Superman, he wants sad boy right. Superman. Yeah. And he wants even more sad boy Batman. He wants yeah. sad, angry, tough Superman. And he wants. Batman, who is our sad, angry, tough superhero, to be even more hardcore. <laughs> and and, he, and, and I want to say to the again, point that they're both villains. So, and I, I want to say again that on their own, the 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 basic concepts for these things I think are interesting for a movie going audience. I think it's cool. I think there's something to that. The the a version of Bat because we've seen nine versions of Batman now. It's like I, I think it's kind of cool that we see a Batman who's super fucking angry and uh and feels like all the shit he's old and and all the things that he's done are maybe not amounting to much. Um I think that's a cool angle. Mm-hmm. I think I think Superman is like the angry god or a sad god, I guess in this case. I think that is I think that that's an angle that we haven't seen before in a movie. So it's cool, but to, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's explored in a way that uh, resolves itself. Yeah. I think to that end, I just want to say this about the nine 11 sequence. Um, mm-hmm. I think I agree that on paper, that could be an interesting way to go with this mm-hmm. movie. I, but the problem is, so the first scene, I was stunned when we got to that montage, that like atemporal montage of Superman saving people, like 40 minutes or 50 or minutes or an hour into the movie. Mm-hmm. 
that there's this montage of, of Superman. Why isn't that the first scene of this movie? The first scene of this movie should be Superman going around doing all the good shit that he's been doing, establishing as a hero so that his fall will mean something. Because, like, think about this. He became Superman, like, you know, five minutes before the end of <laughs> Man of Steel. Like, mm -hmm. we've spent very little time with Clark Kent as actual Superman. Yeah. Um, and the end of that movie was him snapping a dude's neck, not really helping. I mean, he was helping people. What? So the idea, so this is interesting to me because the argument that I would have made about Man of Steel is that, yes, him killing, him killing Zod is when he becomes Superman. Not because he kill, like him, kills him, but because mm -hmm. he realizes, because he realizes the impact of killing people. Yet, the first thing we see Superman do exactly in Batman versus Superman is throw a human being through uh you know multiple ten, brick walls yeah a brick wall right definitely so and them. we will right and that <laughs> so we'll get to that but basically if you start the movie with with Superman like here's what Superman's been doing he this is a, a montage since we have to make this also a Batman movie we can't just keep building Superman's character so here's a montage of him doing all the shit that we associate Superman with cut to Bruce Wayne in the middle of him fighting Zod in this 9-11 territory. Fucking skip Batman's origin story because we fucking... Everyone watching this movie knows how Batman started. And this is where you get... Okay, this is Bruce, Bruce Wayne's perspective on Superman. And indeed, other people, you know, around him. Is that he, we seed in the audience's mind that the central question of this movie is going to be is Superman a hero or a villain? Is he ultimately helping people or is he causing more harm than good? And then we shouldn't spend any time with Superman until he, until basically he shows up and stands on Batman's car and yeah. threatens him. But like we need we, we need the movie to be from fucking Bruce's perspective. Like he, we need to see Superman the way that he does instead of constantly cutting back and forth to Bruce saying Superman's bad and then Superman saying Batman's bad. Like let us believe that Superman might not that might not be great. Like that there might be bad things. I think that's a great him. I think that's a great angle. Yeah, I think I and then and then when he shows up and he what he says, like it's confusing because Superman is an asshole the whole movie. That's mm -hmm. the thing is like I think that the movie wants to show me both of their thinking and it simultaneously wants me to be like they're wrong about each other and then also wants me to think they're both right. Like as like the movie wants me to go, well these guys are actually heroes and they're wrong about each other, but they're both behaving in my eyes, deplorably. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. they're horrible. But if it was a good movie and I hadn't seen anything from Superman's perspective, I was constantly in Batman's perspective, then the moment where Superman shows up and says, like, I mean, what he says to him, Superman keeps telling people, like, I'm going to end you or like, like I'm going to like you're going to be destroyed next time I show up. He would really yeah. seem like the asshole that that Bruce believes him to be, and it would make a much more 
compelling you know, conflict. My my memories of the first two Spider-Man movies, like the Sam Raimi ones, are pretty fuzzy at this point. But I feel like this like was the plot of maybe Spider-Man 2. Like Green Goblin thought he was like evil or no. anyways. No, no. OK, I'm I mean, Wasn't there's Harry. Like Harry Franco's Osborn. Bob. Yeah. Oh, Spider-Man 3. Yeah. I didn't see Spider-Man 3. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're describing Spider-Man 3. So. I thought it was like in the second one, like Willem Dafoe. Willem like, Dafoe's not in the second. I mean, he's he's like a flashback, but he's not in, in the, the first one. Anyways, I, never mind. We can cut this out then. I, I was going to say, I feel like if, yeah, like you, if you stripped this story down so much more, uh, first of all, it wouldn't cost as much. And then secondly, yes, like you could kind of do a much like you could you could more easily have like like this is why Batman totally misunderstands Superman's intentions. Right. But yeah, it's very one incident alone. It's very Man of Steel in that Man of Steel does the same thing where it's like, oh, here is a little tiny little drop of sugar water for you. That's like a decent idea. And then let's not follow that no. at all. Um, I think we should move on yeah. <laughs> to uh, the section I've titled some shit I don't understand happens in the desert. Um, <sighs> and yes, the first thing Superman does is kill a guy. Um well, and they killed Jimmy Olsen. I was surprised at that. That's a Hallmark that's, guy, by the way. That's, that's ultimate. That's ultimate cut stuff. They oh, really? didn't okay. kill so Jimmy here, in the theatrical cut. So they don't establish that it's Jimmy. So this is what's funny about mm. Jimmy Olsen. So in Man of Steel, a character named Jenny Olsen is introduced. So they gender swap <laughs> Jimmy Olsen, made him Jenny Jenny Olsen, and then in this movie they introduce Jimmy Olsen. Uh, which is only established in the ultimate cut. And then he's immediately murdered. And Jenny is that... Olsen is still in the movie. <laughs> Wait, so it's is more Jenny than a Olsen... They like murdered his or murdered Olsen, the male bird. Like, they, like yes. Yeah. Yes. No relation. Is Jenny Olsen yeah. Jenna Malone? <laughs> no. Je- Jenny Olsen is the lady who was trapped in the rubble in Man of Steel. The sort of person on the ground okay. point of view that, that Perry White and the other dude are trying to save. Okay. Um, the, oh, I was going to say, as we've been discussing, we can, uh, I don't have a ton of notes on the Africa sequence specifically, but, um, I think the, just the most difficult thing we're having with all the DC movies that we're discussing is that we are bringing in so much, like, like I kind of thought about this too, when I like, I was like, I kind of like this. I remembered back to when Watchmen came out, the film, the Mm -hmm. Snyder film. And my dad and Roger Ebert both were like, this is a four star movie. This is great. I love it. And then we had we all I believe all three of us saw it Mm -hmm. together in the theater. And I remember coming back to Punk House and just kind of being like disappointed because what what movie? What movie? uh, Watchmen. Watchmen. Oh, right. Right. The 2009 one. Yeah. yeah. Um, And I feel like we were all bringing in our stuff. And then I imagine I know my dad went in blind. Maybe Ebert went in blindish um, and like they loved it. And so, yeah, I feel like these movies like there's if you don't make these movies very simple like we're totally rebooting both these characters or like this is a totally fresh then it's like i'm bringing in the little i know about batman superman and all the different ones i've seen and mm-hmm. then you guys have read the comics and you know and not like every comic but just like yeah it, so it becomes impossible to make because every scene we talk about we're bringing in different like well in this version this character was this way so the, you know this i think of, so i think i think that's the one of the problems with uh you know, obviously rebooting something every six months. I think right. it's also, I think it's also, in some ways, I think it's it's 
effective storytelling. Um, it's like if you're gonna like, for instance, in in Spider-Man Homecoming, I don't have to see Spider-Man get bitten by the radioactive spider again. I don't have to see Uncle Ben uh, get shot. But also, the store the stories don't hinge on those things, right? Um, they are given less, far less importance. You know, they're they're throwaway lines versus entire sequences. And in this movie, their importance is unquestionable, yet they don't want to take the time to show them in a way right. that matters to the movie at hand. So I do think I do think Zack Snyder is thinking, we got to get this done in the opening credits because every mm-hmm. nobody wants yes. to see Batman's parents die again. And it's like, yeah. don't fucking show it. Don't right. make That's that thing. be fundamental to the character. Yeah. They don't realize it's like like everything like you're saying and you know I have a longer note about this but like I don't fucking care if Batman kills people. Um I don't care enough about Batman to care about that. But if okay, you show can you, me can, will you try not to say things that you can't take back? Okay, sorry. If you show <laughs> me that opening scene if you establish his character by showing me an opening scene of his parents getting shot and you really focus on the gun and then you show this same character later just mowing down people with a machine gun. I'm gonna be like, well, who the fuck is this guy? Right. Like, I don't. I like. You're right. Like, yeah, we all. I, I and I think the reason. I think, like, Batman Begins: The Dark Knight is a different. That's a different Batman than people were familiar with. Like now, it's like every superhero movie is like that or trying aspiring yeah. to be like that for the most part. But at the time that was like a risky take on Batman. And I don't think everyone sat there saying, well, this isn't my Batman or who, you know, Batman doesn't kill people or Batman, you know, like all the, like all the, sh- because yeah. the movie was pretty fucking good. And because right. there, it was self-contained in the sense that, I mean, even the dark Knight, the dark, I mean, it's, that's a, that's a series, but I don't think you watch those movies thinking this is setting up a sequel. They tell, right. I mean, I don't even like Christopher Nolan really, but like they tell a self, they establish themes and then those themes play out over the course of the movie in how they treat an iconic character like Joker or how, what Batman's relationship with Jim, with, with Jim Gordon is like, like, it creates it's it's still ha- even though it's a comic book movie it still has to do the thing that every other fucking movie has to do which is establish character establish themes and then let the story let those themes and characters evolve through the course of the story and then hopefully give you some kind of resolution to that story mm-hmm. and this movie what is weird about Zack Snyder is that he actually is good i think about laying down themes visually like he's a visual guy for sure almost exclusively (laughs) yes so he puts things out there that make you think but he doesn't seem to realize that he's doing that he seems to think i'm showing you this particular way of like the pearl necklace breaking because it looks cool and that's fucking it. But we're mm. sitting there watching it go, going, this, this means something. You know, we're right. Richard Dreyfus. Like, this, surely this <laughs> is going to mean something. And he just really wishes we didn't think that. That then he could just do something completely unrelated, you right. know, a couple minutes later. And we'll just go with that. 
and maybe you know maybe you know I, there's a chance that maybe the 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 gun being the focus of that scene and the gun being a tool batman uses in this movie maybe that maybe that is intentional sure. but but it's so everything is so convoluted that you're not i'm not really sure i don't know if it's if it's if it's an accidental thing or if it's if it's something that was uh you know the product of control i don't think that yeah. it's intentional i don't i don't I just don't believe. I don't want to be an asshole, but I don't believe that most of what Zack Snyder does is intentional. Well, I don't. See, but either. I, the thing, one thing that you be. said, Kit, mm -hmm. like with the Nolan ones, the story and other elements were just good enough that we didn't have to stop and think about, like, did the director do this on purpose? Right. It was engrossing. Like, we weren't right. thinking about things we shouldn't have been thinking about. Right. Which I feel like that's the thing. The wall we keep hitting with the Snyder. Uh, Man of Steel, and then this picture. But anyways, yeah. because if, but that's, uh, if and that's that's also something. There's also something about adaptations. Like I think, uh, you know, fan criticism, and sometimes from critics is, well, you've had, you know, you you have all of this material, and you you don't you abandon it, and then you make something bad, and that's when people complain. Right. If with the Nolan movies, it is fundamentally there are, are things that they miss about. The Batman character, and it doesn't matter because if it's good, it's no one cares. No one cares right. that Tom Cruise played Jack Reacher after Jack Reacher came out because, oh, it turned out he was pretty good at it. And yeah. nobody cares that Heath Ledger played the Joker after the fact, despite you know everybody wanting yes. to you know sending him death threats and stuff before that. Um, because and then it's like, oh, lo and behold, it's the best Joker we've ever seen. So, um. Yeah, I think I think Not people anymore. are very very precious about about source <laughs> material when something doesn't turn it's out. Bad. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, um Did you have notes on the Africa scene kit? I just wanted to say first of all, the Jimmy Olsen scene, hearing that it wasn't in a theatrical cut, I think makes some sense of it because I couldn't follow it at all. Like there when the guy starts opening his camera and Jimmy is standing there trying to do like the spider-man type thing of like um oh well don't you're oh that's my that's my film and it's like do you think that this guy's not trying to destroy your I like know. like <laughs> what do you think he's doing it's like uh. he's assuming this guy's never seen a camera before and then when when <laughs> i thought it was really funny that when they shoot jimmy olsen they cut to the war room or whatever where they're like we lost we lost him like we like like as if we lo we lost contact and it's like okay the thing you were tracking with him with was in the camera. But when he gets, sh you weren't tracking his fucking beating heart. Like the moment he gets shot in the head, you're like, oh, we lost contact with Jimmy Olsen. Like it, it it's just, that's so dumb. That's a signal to me of like, again, well, they crunched the GPS thing. Yes, but not when he, but they don't say we lost him until he gets shot in the head. As oh, if, I see what you mean. As okay. if they lost him in, as a result of his brain having a bullet in it, as opposed right. to crunching the thing that was tracking him, which to me, that's like kids playing cops and robbers level of, of stupid. Yeah. And then my only other thing, well, okay, other one other thing that every man in that scene is has a beard and is wearing sunglasses, and I could not tell. Like <laughs> there, there was a guy in a turban, and I was like, "Is that Clark?" Like is like I could everyone, I I just couldn't tell who anyone was. Um, 
And then I think as stupid, I I think it's I think it's bad in this movie that Batman kills people because the movie is bad. It doesn't yes. make it doesn't earn that. So I think it's bad that Batman kills people because it makes him a villain. He seems really bad. That said, it really is much worse for Superman to kill people because he has so many other options. Like yes. Superman could literally freeze the guy, freeze the yeah. gun, melt the gun. Break the gun with his fucking mind. He has almost inexhaustible ways of getting out of a situation. And Snyder has him only ever choose one. Faster which is than to a speeding bullet. People. Yes. <laughs> he could take that guy and put him on an island in the middle yes. of the ocean in less than a tenth of a second. And yeah. instead, he bashes his head through a million walls. <laughs> and that's just... That's really... I don't like that person. That guy isn't it sucks. I don't Which either. Brings, and I think mm -hmm. I think this movie I think this movie works would work better if Superman was literally the villain. Uh, that's kind of what I'm saying is show yeah. If that's the movie you want to make, then make it. At least let us believe that Batman is right for a little bit. And then, sure, show us, then reveal that Lex Luthor has been manipulating this the whole time and that Batman was duped. Fine. But whatever. You have to let that's Superman true. be the villain. That's true. I think, I think, I think, yeah. I think if you were to, if you were to convince the audience that the, like, the, the thing where they show, they show the dudes, like, burning the bodies or whatever because it's supposed to look like Superman did it. Mm -hmm. Um, don't show that. Exactly. Reveal it thing. later in the movie. That's Wouldn't a good that point. Be, imagine having a reveal in the film, <laughs> and then what you I could do, what great. you could do with like, like, like Mike, the things that you liked about um, some of the setup or some of the themes of like Man of Steel or whatever. Like you could say, okay, they're being manipulated by the press, or people are looking for a scapegoat, or just the kinds of foibles that societies and individuals have. You could explore one of those in how quick they are to condemn Superman, or or mm. believe what affirms what they already think, or whatever. Um, but instead, we know we have to know the whole time that Superman's not actually bad. Because anyway, so that brings me to the next scene. Batman tortures people. Yeah. Yeah. That's a strange. That's a strange thing that I. Uh, Brandon and I watched this together yesterday and we were trying to understand what was happening. It seems like because the, when the guy gets to prison, he says, do you know what they do to people with this brand? But it also seems like Lex Luthor is like trying to perpetuate that by paying people to kill people with that brand because then that news will get to Clark, a.k.a. Superman. But if and... that's true, that means that we should be okay with Batman branding people. Just not the... Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, him branding people and torturing them in the first place, that's fine. And the badge stuff was that people were then killing those guys in prison but that was what lex was doing so like <laughs> right so it's like it's not even it's it's like why is batman doing it then it's it's as if batman and lex luther are working together really well yeah you're right what's the other reason for the brand other than it's fucking sadistic yes um i also have a question what did that guy do uh the dude he branded yeah he was he, he was trafficking women he literally had a cage full of women okay yeah, so like later in the movie when Superman goes to Gotham 
and runs into that that dude's wife and she's like i know all the things that he was but he was also a dad i was laughing so it was just like, we were we were both laughing because it was just like which that's this is a, a dude perfect, who kept women in cages that's a perfect encapsulation of what this movie is where it wants me to feel that batman is justified in doing what he did to that guy so it's like let's have his crime be you know this really bad like batman can't be wrong about like taking this guy off the street in a very like hardcore unnecessary way like this guy deserves to be tortured because of what he was doing to these women we have that but then we also have to think that superman like we have to think that batman is the bad guy and the good guy depending on whose scene it is as opposed to the story as a whole being like complex or like our perspective keeps changing. It's just like, well, Batman actually was right to do that, but also he was wrong simultaneously and not in a like, you know, cool human beings are complex kind of way, but just in a, like, that's what the movie needs me for this scene. Clark has to look good. So the lady, the widow has to say he was actually not that bad of a guy. (laughs) Right. It's weird. It's weird. And like, you know, um, there are little things that they do to, I think, try to get you to make sense of Batman. You know, he they you know, he even says to Alfred, you know, we are criminals. Um, I think in some ways, like he's trying to I think the brand is his attempt to make himself worse than criminals. And then that is a crime deterrent. <laughs> it's very strange. Um. The next scene that I have is Clark and Lois take a bath. Okay. That's um, that's a whole that's a whole thing. Yeah. I, and not well, just right, go ahead. I can't remember if this is before or after. Um yeah, I think right before that. So this is kind of still on the African note. I did find okay. it interesting. So like as in many superhero movies, the whole Africa thing, uh that we find out later that was Luther's plan to sort of mm-hmm. smear Superman. Although Superman certainly went right into his trap by killing that guy, um, <laughs> but uh, the uh, it, it was it was probably more than Luther could have really anticipated would happen. Like he would know that Superman would show up to save Lois, but all the other stuff, and that the media would react the way they did. It's like okay, but you kind of take that with these movies. Anyways, I did find it interesting with the African lady uh, testifying to Holly Hunter, um, and that for me was like they were trying so. Before the Gulf War, there was somebody there was a 15 year old girl who gave like false testimony about Iraqi soldiers who had like taken babies out of incubators to murder them uh, when they invaded. And like that, like uh, President Bush and Congress both like pointed to that testimony as like the reason we need to go intervene. And uh, so I thought that was cool. But again, it was this movie setting up stuff that (laughs) I mean, the climax of that plot line was Holly Hunter looking at a jar of possibly piss right before she exploded yeah um, what was that well we don't, we'll, we'll get to that i suppose but anyways i want to say i did find that very interesting and that's like i was intrigued like oh okay like where's this going in the movie but you would agree but then it doesn't you would agree but, that this movie is way too dumb yes. to handle something like that right with any well like that that that's i think that's, there's an interesting layer of so things like that so i don't know not exactly false flag stuff but um media manipulation political Mm -hmm. manipulation there's an interesting layer of media commentary in this movie but by no means would i say 
it like it just totally savages like our you know current status quo like it's nothing nearing that but at least like i said for me this was an interesting element in a superhero movie right but for for it to have any chance of working we can't see superman wantingly wantonly killing people right in like i said he he certainly took luther's bait for right, uh, exactly. trying to appear exactly. a bad guy so, like, by killing a guy it's almost like i'm like and look i guess i'll just spoil this i thought zod was the good guy in man of steel uh lex is the good guy <laughs> in this movie lex is like you're saying if 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 he as he himself says i barely had to do anything to make all yeah. this happen and if that's true if like you're saying all he had to do was basically get lois lane to the desert and that led Superman to go like do all this stuff. And it's like, oh, Superman. You know, I would Lex personally, is doing a much better job of taking down Superman than Batman is. Right. I did. I would not say Lex was the hero. To me, the person who comes out of this movie looking uh, rosy is Wonder Woman. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. One hundred percent agree with that. But we'll get there. So let's talk about this bath. Okay. So can I say one more thing about? Yes. yes say yeah. One last thing about Superman killing people. Sure. I don't think. I don't think Superman killing people is a problem. I think it's the way he's shown kill pe- killing people. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I'm going to try not to do this too much, but um, if we look at Captain America, Captain America does kill people. But he's much more of a mm-hmm. Superman than Superman is. So right. I think I think it's 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 such a focus. It's it's the it's the push in on the look in Henry Cavill's eyes. Uh, yes. You know, right before he murders that dude, it's the right. it's the look of acknowledgement between Lois and and Clark about like, hey, you just hold still, I'm gonna fucking kill this dude for you. Right. It's well, and this and is that guy is some kind of warlord, so it's like I, I'm not opposed to superheroes killing people either. Um, but like, but it's gratuitous. The, it's it's right. it's meant to be like, yeah, that was awesome when Superman murdered somebody. Right, and but and like <laughs> as cliche as it can be in a movie, like we do. For them to be a hero that we can cheer for, we do need to have that scene or that, I don't know, just that shot where they're like really struggling with like, is this the right thing to do? You know, like, yes, this is why the bath scene is important. This is why it's more than just, you know, anyway, because you say we we need that. It's that look in Superman's eye. But it's even more than that. He does more than that in the next scene. And this is and I'm sorry, I wrote a thing. Um, Okay, so. I don't know about Superman, and like we've all been saying, so the bath scene was my moment of going, I don't, you know, Prisoner of Azkaban's the best Harry Potter movie, and it's the least to do with the books. It 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 gives the least of a shit about setting up, about following from the f- previous movie and setting up the the th- the fourth one. It does like, and that's why. It's the best movie. So I don't give a shit what kind of Batman you want to tell me what, you know, that this was my moment of that. So. But, you know, if this movie wants to be about Batman and Superman torturing and mowing down civilians, like whatever, fine. That's a story that this movie wants to tell. If it does it well, then I don't give a shit. But the problem with that is this movie is almost exclusively a bridge to get to Justice League, as we've discussed. So there's no character development in this movie. I mean, a, maybe a little uh, for Batman, a little bit for Superman. I think we can probably agree. Nothing um, like th- it's not concerned with giving him a character or certainly building his character. So that means so all I know about this Superman, particularly Superman, not Clark Kent, is from Man of Steel. 
And what I know about Superman from Man of Steel is basically nothing at all. So, like, if I were to describe Superman from Man of Steel, it would be he's like a weird alien asshole. Like, that's all I really know about him. So if that's all I have to go on for this movie, and then this movie doesn't also doesn't care about that, then the movie... Like, like the movie doesn't pick up, this movie doesn't pick up with a Superman who's like grappling with having killed Zod or cares about the fact that there was all this collateral damage for him to take, to take Zod down, which is honestly, that is something that I think a super, as much as I don't need every superhero movie to be about like, well, they killed so many people when they were blowing through this building or whatever. I do think that if you tell me that Batman cares about that, then I sh- think Superman probably should <laughs> yeah. as well. Um, so, but basically if this movie, if, if, if this movie isn't concerned with the Batman f- or with the Superman from man of steel, and it isn't concerned with giving Superman any kind of character in this film, then the only thing I have to go on is what I just know about Superman from existing in the world. Yeah. And yeah. from what I know about that dude, it seems very, very unlikely that he would say he doesn't care about human lives lost because he had to save, quote, the woman he loves. Like, it seems really unlikely to me that he would care less about hurting people than Lois Lane does, and that he would need sacrifice explained to him by Lois Lane. And even if I understood who this Superman is, what he wants, why he wants it, well, he's definitely not a fucking hero. And I think... Someone could argue, well, that's the point the movie's trying to make, but mm-hmm. it's not. Definitely by the end of the movie, it's not. The point mm-hmm. is that Batman and Superman are fighting because they misunderstand each other. And if anything, Superman was right and Batman is wrong. But if Superman is, as he is in that scene, yeah. a person, a super powered person who thinks killing people is okay because his girlfriend was in danger, then he's a villain. And if Batman is torturing guys, like then he's also a villain <laughs> like and then you know jabbing knives in harder to people who are already subdued then i think he's a villain too and i don't care who wins and i think lex is the fucking hero because he hates them both and so this is a movie about a battle between a tech billionaire who uses his nearly limitless limitless resources for completely unearned vigilante justice and a super powered alien who can literally do almost anything but chooses instead to kill people, then yes, I am rooting for the second tech billionaire who at least thinks both of them are jerks. I'm not on board with the Lex Luthor um, is the good guy or something type of thing, but the uh, we talked about how we bring in almost everything we know because there's no character development, as Kip was saying. We bring in almost everything we know about Batman and Superman from other properties, other whatever adaptations, versions. Uh, Eisenberg, I have to assume that the reason they picked him was because of the social network. Exactly. And so he's like kind of this like quirky kind of evil ish, uh, you know, from social network tech billionaire. And uh, he plays that role just in a cartoonified version of it in this movie. So it's like even (laughs) even Lex uh, requires some sort of like extra textual uh i don't know lift from right. the not really being fully built because like i don't know what do we know about lex luther really in this movie like i, have I mean no there's some idea. there's some truth to this in in everything that we watch like there's some there's always like you know there's the yes. the uh, you know you can't kill a dog in a movie or you can't kill kids and you know there's there's stuff right. in just there's some of this is just art 
regurgitating itself over and over again. Yeah. But it's just, I think the problem is that that's literally, we are meant, I think, I don't think it's too much to say that this film is banking on us basically thinking of Lex Luthor in this film as Mark Zuckerberg and that, and filling in that backstory for him almost yeah. like that it does. Cause it doesn't bother to explain why Lex is like this, why he hates these guys. Like they're, he's doing lots of stuff that is suggesting a complex fucked up yeah. backstory. But what we're actually all we're given is Remember, this guy was in the social network. I think I think right. it hinge, I think it hinges much more on people knowing who Lex Luthor is. Well, I gotta say, I but, do not but, know who this Lex Luthor. I know, is. I know that. So I think I think this movie is about everybody having a perfect idea of like the you know the sort of quintessential. Batman, Superman, Lex Luthor characters. Like, we know fundamentally who they are. And coming into this movie with that knowledge and understanding the ways they are different. It's insane. I think this is a problem of adaptations and just comic book culture and all that type of stuff. But I also think this is a problem of reaching, as I I would say I know that Snyder is, uh, reaching for making American mythology. Like, People talk about comic books like, oh, well, there are, you know, Greek heroes and all this type of stuff. And like, mm -hmm. that's I've always thought that was dumb because it's you're basically like, no, it's just that's just not the case. Like th these are it's just their entertainments. Um, like it's just different than like, you know, the Greek gods and uh, their tales were for a, an ancient civilization. But there's there's a there's a level of truth to that. But I also think I think Snyder is trying to reach those heights and like you know make these like these myth these sort of american pop cultural characters into the mythological figures he believes them to be and so i think for a lot of that like i mean it's a grand ambition but it's just like that's also part of like why we get so tangled up like i mean he's uh, yeah if he's trying to rise that high he's not getting tangled up in like plot and stuff like that but as much to the it damages the films because like like we're watching these trying to like make sense of these things. And like, I don't know. I don't know. Those tales are so, also just much more straightforward and simple. Um, uh, whereas with this, we just, we bring in so much more baggage uh, than we do to like Greek mythology and things I like think, that. I think what you're saying is that Snyder is Zod floating <laughs> in that pool of goo. He's Icarus. <laughs> he flew too close to the sun and yeah. we are Lex Luthor. <laughs> crying for some reason and yeah you know trying to make sense of it all yes as also on that um when he said uh he was like petting dead zod and he was like you flew too close to the sun didn't you um it made me think of the part in team america where he's like <laughs> all dejected and he's like walking down the street and that lady like yells out her window like you gave up on life didn't you <laughs> so, i chuckled at that um I just have one more note on the bath sequence, which is um, <laughs> after that. So Superman is like walking around his kitchen shirtless with a post-coital glow, making fucking eggs for his girlfriend. The fakest eggs? Did you notice how yes, fake the eggs? Okay, fake okay. ass eggs. After his canonical best friend has been shot and he sees a woman on TV 
talking about how maybe he shouldn't indiscriminately destroy cities for his own personal vendettas. And he reacts like the look on his face is like, this is news to him. Like, <laughs> like he's like, hmm, maybe she has a point. And I just feel like you've got to love a Superman whose sense of morality is dictated by his Q rating yeah. as it is in this movie. Like, oh, wait, people don't like me. Hmm. Should I do some other things like scapegoat Batman? So that which which brings me to my personal hell or Clark at the Daily Planet. The scenes where he's Clark Kent are kind of the scenes for me where he confirms what an asshole he is. Um, and more so than when he's Superman. When, when, he's also an asshole as Superman. But it seems so transparent that the only reason he's pushing this Batman story is to get the heat off of Superman. Like, Superman just starts saying everything thing so everything that he hears on the news in that previous scene of that people are saying about superman he just starts saying about batman and that's so interesting it was so it's i mean they're literally saying the he's using i swear to god so he sees the the lady that we've been talking about the like the 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 witness lady he sees her talking about what he did then Immediately after that, he goes to the Daily Planet. It's almost like he's he uses words from what he heard her say and says them about Batman, which is, again, another thing that could be interesting, but I don't think I'm supposed to see Superman as a fucking psychopath in that moment. I don't think I'm supposed to think of him as like, wow, that is fucked up this is a guy who's scapegoating another guy he just heard of really using a story from someone he believes was like traumatized by his actions in order to put the heat on some other guy and it's like and then the and then they have perry there to treat like Perry keeps saying things like which like why the fuck doesn't Perry want to cover Batman I kept I half expected it to be a reveal that Lex Luthor was manipulating Perry as well but he said he keeps saying America doesn't have uh like stop trying to be the American conscious the American conscious died um as if that's like some edgelord like pronouncement on 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 America which implies that's that's actually what Superman is being for the Daily Planet, that he really is being like the conscience. But he's not. He's being a fucking scumbag trying to boost his own popularity by shitting on Batman using words that people are saying about him. So like Superman is the opposite of like the conscience of America in that moment. But I still I believe the movie wants me just the whole fucking thing shifts from scene to scene where like, oh, now I'm supposed to look, you know, now I'm supposed to be thinking of like the classic truth, justice in the American way, Batman or Superman. It's just, it fucking sucks. I have nothing to add to this. I, you're right. I mean, this is, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's so many different movies. And I think, honestly, I think any one of them would be, would be good mm -hmm. but none and of them also, are i think that scene also goes to what you were saying earlier when he walks into the into the bathroom and he looks kind of you know like you say his clothes are rubbed. he's dressed kind of like the clark kent from man of steel 
mm-hmm. you know, where he, he's wearing like plaid shirts that don't look ironed and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But then right after that, when he's in the Daily Planet and like, yes, they're trying, they put him in a corduroy sport coat and we're supposed to be like, oh, dork. But it fits him so per it's such it's horrible costuming and because again it feels like they weren't willing to make henry cavill look anything but like the sexiest man alive so he's like standing there leaning against lois's cubicle in this perfectly fitted corduroy sport coat that just like emphasizes his giant fucking shoulders and his teeny tiny waist and all this shit and you know yes he's got fucking glasses on but he's clearly the most gorgeous man alive and then they have perry it's the thing i was bitching about on instagram last night where they have perry say oh hey uh some uh some fucking cougar invited you to this library association benefit they probably have a thing for nerds and it's like yeah lawrence fishburne is like Morpheus, like he's one of the finest, coolest dudes on earth. And he looks like a fucking wet noodle standing next to Henry Cavill. And he's like calling him a nerd. And that is just, yeah. as we know, my least favorite. Like, this is this is movie. Thing. This is music video directing 101, I think. They just needed to. But you're right. Like they needed to make his suits too big or make his clothes they just weren't they should have hired uh they should have hired donald trump's tailor sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah make it make him look kind of dumpy and ordinary especially if this is like you know the gritty not that they could but you know what i'm saying can you imagine make, seeing that in a movie though perfect. can you imagine it's hard to even like fathom like that that happening in a movie but it would be so great if like But I had he... I had just watched French Kiss earlier in the day which is like also a shitty movie but they put her in that they put her in his clothes for plot reasons and mm-hmm. then when she like raises her tiny fist she looks more ridiculous because all her clothes are too fucking big for her <laughs> and if Clark was standing there in like a button up denim shirt and <laughs> A open corduroy jacket, like he'd still look fine as hell, but it would sell a little bit more that he's like this farm boy, um, as opposed to, you know, a god living on earth, um, or certainly a nerd, or just don't call him a nerd. Let him just be sexy and amazing and not, and let's not neg him for, you know, wearing glasses or whatever. Um, Okay, so the the next scene I have is Clark and Bruce meet at Lex's party and spy on each other to quell their homoerotic urges. What do we think of this? Uh, Wonder Woman. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it needs to be said, I do think she has handled the best. I think she gives the best performance. She manages to make the a lot of the dumb shit in this movie work. Like somehow it's like she was being directed by another person or <laughs> she just knew how to get around it. Cause she comes off as like being in a real movie. She seems like the same character that we know. Um, well, and this came out before wonder woman. It yeah. Did. They had to okay, shoot yeah. that. They had to shoot that photo like a year before they started. Principal oh, photography. Yeah. yeah. And then the theme her theme appears in this movie, which yeah, I thought was lot. interesting. Like Hans Zimmer must have had it. Yeah. What's that? Hans Zimmer. It's wrote uh, no, theme. it's um. Oh, I guess maybe Zimmer did work on that, but it's the the actual score for Wonder Woman is the uh, Gregson Williams. I know, guy. but Zim- Zimmer oh. wrote the, the the main. Theme. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that that cue. 
<clears throat> um, she's like the only one with a theme. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Superman has his his Hans Zimmer theme, which I think is recognizable. I mean, I've got a Zimmer Not theme. To me. Pretty much everybody's got a Zimmer theme. Yeah. I've got one. Don't you care? Yeah. No. Oh, you don't shit. have one? Alexander oh Desplot did my theme. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, you suck so bad. One thing about <laughs> Wonder Woman. You guys don't feel that she's just kind of shoehorned into this movie. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. okay. Absolutely. I'm just making I'm sure. I'm just saying she's more compelling. <laughs> I'm like awake when she shows up. Like by the, the time movie, we get I think to her being like fully on the team at, you know, during the doomsday portion of the movie. Um, it's like her movie. It's like not even yes. a Batman versus Superman Abs- movie. Absolutely. It's fully yeah. I'm saying, Wonder Woman begins. But Batman <laughs> versus Superman was so bad that I don't care. Sure. Like, yeah. Okay. You're right. Is she That's a problem fine. for me giving a shit about Batman and Superman? Well, she would be if I cared about them at all to begin with, which okay. I don't. All right. Um, I think one one thing that I wanted to say is. I, you know, I feel like we've lost sight of this maybe in a world where all media is comics, mm-hmm. but it should be fun to see Superman and Batman in the same room together. Like, it should be fun to yeah. see Bruce Wayne <clears throat> trying to do a little heist and Superman's on his tail. That should be. There are there are things I think it, I think there are things that are fun about it. I think it's fun that, Batman, that Superman can hear Alfred in Batman's mm-hmm. ear. I think there's little things like Ex- that that are fun. I Ex- think, though, yes. the main the main thing, because I, I hear what kids saying, though, and I feel like um, we're Clark in this movie, kind of the nerdy Clark that people kind of dunk on, like and, and that like we felt that, too, as an audience or something like then like that would actually be really fun because like Bruce Wayne is always like like so well respected and sophisticated and stuff. Or and, or if this movie, if this exactly. But instead, they're introduced as equals by Lex, which makes right. no sense. That was, because it's very I, weird. That's what I wanted to know when I actually one of my notes is like Lex Luthor. He's like, ah, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne. Like, uh, how does well, he know who Clark Kent is? I mean, he, he, he knows. The, he's he been, knows. read the comics. What's yeah. that? He's read the comics. Well, no, he knows he, that he knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman and he knows Clark Kent is Superman in that scene. Right. Which, exactly. But wouldn't Clark Kent be like, why does Lex exactly. Luthor know who I am? Exactly. I'm just working at I, I work for the sports page at the Daily Planet. Like, why? I wrote that Luther exact that? same question, which is like, I understand that Lex Luthor has figured out both of their secret identities. But yeah. what is his excuse in this scene for saying that out loud to them? Right. Like, wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't Bruce and Clark both just be like, what? What? Right. I. Like, Bruce has never heard of Clark Kent, for sure. Right. And I don't know. I, he doesn't even know if he owns the paper that Clark works for. But, like, exactly. But, like, what if, what if if this movie was the thing where we were, you know, we were seeing most of this from from Batman's point of view, Clark Kent wasn't in it at all, except he showed up in this scene where Bruce is trying to do something really important. Bruce is trying to accomplish something very central to his agenda right mm-hmm. in this scene something to do with data the lex luther <laughs> i don't he, fucking know he's hacking his mainframe right so what if you know if we're sticking with batman for this movie and we see him preparing for this task and we know that like this is in a in a very like mission impossible type way you know there's always a party in mission impossible this is that scene and the stakes are really high and then Lex goes, oh, Bruce, I want to introduce you to somebody. And he introduces him. You know, we we pan and it's and it's Clark. 
Yeah. It's Superman and Clark Kent drag. And wouldn't that be fucking... I just would think that those Actually, kinds of moments would be the reason you'd make a movie called Batman v Superman for that yes. kind of shit. And the kind of shit like you're saying, the fun moments of him, oh shit, Superman can overhear the, you know, sneaky shit that, that Batman and Alfred are doing. Um, and, and Bruce should be outmatched by Superman tailing him. Like it so, should almost be a moment of menace. Here's something that only just now occurred to me, but uh, we don't get to hear a lot of Lex's speech at the library gala, which <laughs> as somebody who works at the library, I will say we have galas all the time like that. Um, <laughs> but you are a villain who has you have little dossiers on Wonder Woman, Batman and Superman. You have their true identities and you have them all together in a room with you. <laughs> and like your speech is just kind of like, you know, I feel kind of like Prometheus, something or other, you know, like he it, I don't even know if he's like. At any point that we know that he's aware of Wonder Woman, I guess maybe he that's why he's invited her there. But that that sure could have been a much more interesting scene. Um, but uh, it's Where, on. Yeah, she she wasn't him. invited. He was she broke in. She broke in. OK, so but Lex would know who she is. But at yes, no moment he does. does he like he does. look at her or something. No. Yeah. Oh, so that's a good point. yeah. Where if this was a movie where where let's say like a good movie, if it if we didn't know immediately that like Lex is the one pulling the strings which look I admit that's a hard thing for a comic book movie to overcome because we know who all these characters you know I know Lex Luthor's the fucking bad guy it's hard to sort of surprise me but it is possible to still make a satisfying movies with these people and but we need we it's just so blatantly obvious that Lex is already manipulating all of these people and if that were less obvious if if the movie was willing to let us believe for a second that Superman might be bad, then, like you're saying, the speech that Lex gives could be part of what develops that story. Yeah. Instead of just being like, I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at and that's right. what's happening to him. Why? If he was like, you know, it's like, I'd like to take this library event as an opportunity to discuss the nature of justice and, you know, like, you know, something like that. Then we'd be so, like, yeah. oh, here's Instead Lex making of- his case to these people he's like trying to you know ca- manipulate or capture in, instead of just being this guy who like you know to the extent that he is just mark zuckerberg like mark zuckerberg i would say does not want to give a speech probably doesn't want to go to a party like this is not yeah. delighted to be there and certainly doesn't want to give a speech at one of them but lex seems like he's delighted by everything happening around him fine with giving a speech then gets on stage and just like shits his pants right and I just was he triggered like what what ha- he had <laughs> what he had, happened? had a bad shrimp earlier in the evening and it just kicked <laughs> in right at that moment yeah. okay so moving on um I did have a question about so there's I liked the sh- I like how Wayne Manor looks in this movie yeah like it's it's cool the abandoned one yeah because does, looks- does he have two Yes, he's got he like does. one on the lake. Okay. And Again, I the, there's something the there's one. something interesting there. You know, there's he lives in this like very modern, cold, shitty looking house. And then, you know, across the way is, you know, the the remnants of his, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, his humanity or whatever. Whatever yeah. Snyder is trying to say. Right. Like, there's there's nothing. N- there's notes that are of this movie that are lyrical and nice and and it has something to say but then it's just swallowed up when he yeah. when he got into his car to drive to the party it's not the batmobile but it's like a black you know rolls royce looking yes. thing and 
you know, does it looks like a video game, but I I liked how there was an aesthetic to those moments. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of interesting, but it doesn't seem like the same world at all that Clark and Lois no. occupy. No, okay. not at all. No. Okay. That is what I wanted to. <clears throat> I think okay. that's very true. Okay. Um, so we may have skipped in over this somewhat. One note I had, I did really like the image where he saves the girl from the day of the dead fire. Uh, and then he he brings Superman. Uh, he brings her down into the crowd and like everybody's reaching for him again. It's a beautiful image, unfortunately, detached from meaning of the story and stuff like that. But I did think like Snyder can do that. Like he really can yes. get yes. some good images to his, to, own, to his own detriment, I think, because yeah, you, it, it makes it may, you think it, that he might have an idea. Right. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Um, which just so you know, we have a four hour Snyder cut coming up. So really excited. Yeah. We have um, five and a half. We, we did six, this ourselves. We have six more hours of Snyder content. We do indeed. Yeah. Um, okay. And then I'm trying to get to in my notes where we might be. There was an Andrew Sullivan cameo, which I thought was funny during Who's that, that? Yeah. media montage. Uh, he's, he's just like a kind of, a. I don't know. He's just a journalist that I. There are so somewhat. many pundits in this movie. It's there I wondered why, because one of the thing that distinguishes DC from Marvel is that DC is not set in our world. And yet it has appearances by a bunch of real journalists. Right. Yeah. Like but I think is, that's yeah. I think that's sort of. I think that is kind of what they're trying to say, though, is that this is the real world. I think they're but trying it makes, to. Then why are they talking about Gotham? <laughs> I know. I understand. I'm just I'm just saying like it's the the way things are supposed to feel. They're supposed to feel real in this movie. The characters are supposed to have they're supposed to be, you know, I think this is there's so much of this that feels like it comes down from the mandate to be the opposite of Marvel while also being the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's because, you know, there was literally uh, there was a note there was like a rule early on when they were trying to like, when they were like firing up the DC offices and trying to figure out like what their mission statement was going to be. And like one of them was like, it's going to be gritty. It's going to be dark. It's going to be, uh, there's not going to be jokes. Like that was a thing. Like you weren't allowed. Yeah. You weren't allowed. There was like, you weren't allowed to have like lighthearted humor in the movies, um, which they immediately threw out. But I was going to um, say, one of my favorite moments in this movie is, when Batman is rescuing Martha from the warehouse and he says, like, I'm a friend of your son's. And she's like, I figured like that made me laugh. Not really a quip, but I they're also like not little... friends. Again, another moment. Yeah, where... I mean, it's well, ridiculous, but as an isolated true. moment yeah. and I and, I and Diane Lane is another I mean, she's barely in this, but she's another person like Wonder Woman where when she's on screen, I'm like, oh, a fucking real movie. Briefly. Yeah, she's great. I love her. I love the yeah. two scenes where I love the scene where she calls him. Uh, mm-hmm. I love the scene where she says, you know, be be their hero, be their savior, or be none of like I think that's I think that's a uh I think that's a great moment. It it's unclear what any of that stuff means to him. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. but right. I do like that. I do like that moment. Um so moving on, let's briefly touch on Batman's Superman nightmare, which I'm just glad that Snyder found another use for all that sucker punch second unit footage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah yeah the visions were odd um it that's did feel a, like a reason that's, it, it felt, it's another movie that's right. another movie yeah it felt like an excuse to give batman a little more to do and then yes. also like to keep the because like i actually in this movie i felt the dialogue and the kind of i'm not, not really intrigue but the non-action stuff like i was 
carried along well enough by that. I think partially because everybody is so freaking good looking in this movie. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of just like, okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it felt like really just like, it's like, oh, uh, people are like, you know, we had a test screening and people were like falling asleep at the buzzer at like, or, you know, at their buttons. Uh, so just randomly throw in like Batman having a vision. Like Batman, I don't think in any other movies has these like visions. Do you know what I think things. it is? Huh? You say that it's from another movie. I think the movie it's from is Age of Ultron. No, it's from friggin' Justice League. But what I no, but it, what I'm saying is Oh, is it f- does it actually happen in Justice League? Or wait. The the like flying demons are Yeah. Yeah, they're from it's Justice a, it, League. It's supposed uh, to be like a pre, like a premonition yes. that he's okay. happening. Having. But since and I haven't seen Flash who like comes who shows right. up well, again. Okay. That I figured was foreboding some or yeah. Something. But since but, but but I haven't seen Justice League. I'm right. watching this movie. Well, yeah, so nobody I see, has at this point. So I, I know. See, right, but I know. so I see them as nightmares. Well, and so to me, I'm like, okay, well, so nightmares kind of filling in characters. He was trying stories. to steal the kryptonite. So it was like, was this the scene where Bat- this is actually this is something I don't know. I'm, I'm a little lost where we're at in the notes. So I apologize if I'm jumping around. But like this scene with the Bugmen. And he goes on the truck and they've got like the glowing green light that tricks him because he's trying to get the kryptonite. So that was his vision of not actually getting the kryptonite. But something he still needs to do in the movie is get the kryptonite. So there's another action scene shortly afterward where he finds like the LexCorp people bringing it in in the shipping yard. Mm -hmm. And he has like a big crash with Superman and all this type of stuff. And Superman's like, give it up whatever or something that's after I'll... this we'll talk about it next <laughs> okay and so then like but then there's a scene later where lex goes into his lab and he's like oh the kryptonite's missing but we never i don't think we ever saw batman steal it so when did batman get the kryptonite because he didn't get the kryptonite when he was in his tumbler machine you know his his batmobile they um, they don't the answer is they don't actually show when he gets it they just show the okay. aftermath of of him retrieving it okay yeah the the whole chase that happens is after after no. he got it. No, okay. No, it's before. I don't know. That's him trying okay. to get it. He fails to get it because Superman stops. Because him. Superman shows right. up. Okay. And then when he actually gets it, we just we just see the 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 damage. We don't actually see him. Okay, actually okay, okay. Get it. Yeah. We never see him break into Lex Corp. But then they cut. They cut. They cut right after. You know, Lex walks into his, the the ruins of his office and he sees the the batarang where the um where the the mm-hmm. kryptonite right. was oh, and yes, then yes, and yes. the next he scene the batman's making a shiv so here's mm-hmm. a weird thing though if you have to have batman steal kryptonite from lex luther in a movie you choose instead of showing him steal that you show a vision of batman failing to steal it then you show batman's failed attempt to get it from the shipyard and then you don't show him stealing it from LexCorp labs that is correct Okay. Yeah, like we spend we spend I mean, I think conservatively 20 minutes on Batman needing to get kryptonite and then we don't right. and then he just has it. Yeah, because I guess we just fill that in for ourselves. So I think I, 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 yeah, I, I filled it in by not caring. Yeah, that works, too. That's fair. <laughs> I think um, another. I think I think just one more layer of like insanity for that whole uh, nightmare vision quest thing Um so that is a premonition of a future that I don't even think is covered. We'll see when we see the Z- the Snyder cut because remember Justice League was going to be a sequel to this, but then they essentially threw out like 70% of it and mm-hmm. reshot. So the stuff that 
happens in that moment isn't actually covered in but will it the be Justice restored in the Snyder Cut? See, is what you're I, and, and here's the other thing is I don't even know if that stuff was going to take place in Justice League. We'll find out. But I think there's a chance that it's was originally meant to be a part of the Flash movie that has still not been made. The oh, okay. or, whatever the original version of that, because they were originally going to do as I understand, and they might still be doing, but there's this really famous storyline called Flashpoint. Yes. And that's why you have all the different Batmans being casted. Uh, I, this None of this is important to this movie we're talking about, but I just, I, I think it's interesting that they, you know, I think it's one of the, the problems, one of the many problems with deciding I'm going to make five movies and it's going to take me 10 years and I'm going to decide the end of the last movie right now. Or the or one point in movie three mm-hmm. that connects to this right now. It's just like things change, and and, then and it's now like, you have this whole sequence have to do that doesn't make any sense. Two and a half movies in right two years or something. <laughs> this is an insane. I mean, it's an insane thing to try to work through, though. It's like okay, we're gonna make we're gonna make Justice League, then we're gonna make this Flash movie. Let's make a let's let's connect this movie now to the Flash movie. Then let's delay the Flash movie for six more years, mm-hmm. and also uh, just compl- you know uh, create a Frankenstein movie out of Justice League. But hey, let's also come back three years later and restore the Justice League <laughs> as it's so, as a sort of one off thing. But this new Justice League doesn't actually connect to anything. It's just a it's an aberration. So yeah. it's I don't. Trying to make sense of it all is probably my problem, but what a mess! Well, it's insane. And again, I just think that I think that the Batman, like again, I read it as a nightmare because I don't give a shit about the Justice League. But there's something interesting. The interesting idea in that, in reading it as a nightmare, I think, is that there's something psychologically deep about the idea that Batman fears Superman. He's not concerned about Superman. He's afraid yeah. of Superman because Superman is something he can't control. And this movie does dip its toe into the waters of understanding Batman as a guy who's just trying to control yeah. everything so that he doesn't lose his parents again. Now, yeah. it has to have him just fucking say that out loud to nobody inst- <laughs> instead of instead of yeah. like showing it really. But this is the kind of scene that could be good in a good movie about that idea of Batman. The other thing is that I was typing that, wow, this chase looks so much like a Nolan chase. Mm. Like it starts with a shot of him standing on that crane that is very like a Nolan Batman shot. The music is very similar. There's a semi truck. There's like the faceted invisible Batmobile that kind of that's what made me kind of start thinking like, is this supposed to be the same Batman basically but like as I'm writing that it just looks like a video game instead of practical but as I was writing that then they even go under like in an underground street area that looks like whack lower whacker basically which is where the other Batman chase and then the Batmobile makes the exact same noise (laughs) as as the Nolan Batman and then the guys open the back of that truck door and they're holding like you know rocket launchers or whatever and it's like mm-hmm. it, yeah. it's just they're opening the back instead of the side of the truck i guess so it's different that's all i've got about that right <laughs> yeah. okay yeah i had the same i had the same thought i mean even the the batmobile is 
you know, kind of like what you were saying, yeah. it's it looks like the tumbler. Like, it looks exactly it's a, like the it's tumbler. a little it's a little bit different, but it's, it's kind of longer. It's kind of like a little bit yeah. of like Tim Burton's Batmobile like thrown in there. Um so now we're at the uh Zack Snyder predicts chaos at the Capitol. Um Oh my god. <laughs> we're about halfway into the movie now. Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll get through it. Okay. Um so I think I guess I'll I'll say the <sighs> The scene is, I think, very stupid. Um, <laughs> so the movie keeps changing the stakes of its critique of Superman. So, like, people in the movie are mad at Superman because Lex made them think he did something bad. Um, they made him think, like, that, that that he destroyed that, you know, village or whatever and burned those people. And then, whether this movie intends it or not, the audience watching the film thinks Superman is bad because he's a fucking asshole and he's constantly kind of killing people and endangering people and saying things like, well, if the woman I love is in danger, then I'm going to do whatever I have to do to, like, help her. Um, And there's all that. But then after the Capitol thing, so people, for the most part, don't seem to think that Superman planned this. Like, that is mentioned by some of the pundits like what was his role in this but for the most mm. part it seems like people are mad at superman for not stopping what happened and i guess i just question the idea that people would get effigy burning mad at superman for not stopping a bomb he didn't know was there like yeah and then the movie kind of like valorizes that whole take on things by having Lois discovered that the that the wheelchair was lead lined, so there was actually no way he could have seen it, which implies that the movie thinks that if Superman didn't stop a bomb he didn't know about, then he is responsible for this happen. But like, do people really anticipate expect him to anticipate like every bad thing? on earth is that really superman would that is that really a failing worth condemning superman for i kind of think there's something there about him him being kind of a, a mythological symbol that that does kind of validate that it's not logical but like i kind of get it to be honest but maybe like uh why does god let bad uh bad things happen exactly, good exactly. Kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. Okay. except he also intentionally does bad things to be yes. like so so it's muddied if this was something where the superman we're seeing is like the good superman that we're used to and then this tragedy happens that he fails to prevent and people turn on him that's like a that's a story that's a story that could lead superman to actually question what he's doing and then also i could see you know the point the part of the movie where we're the united states decides to nuke him maybe <laughs> having some kind of meaning but superman is a bad guy in this movie so everyone's right to hate him they're just hating him for the wrong reason which i don't think is what the movie's trying to do with that scene yeah are, are there other notes about yep. the capital mm -mm. let's keep let's keep on trucking <laughs> um okay um i guess it wouldn't be a Superman movie without Lex Luthor stumbling on the Fortress of Solitude or wherever the fuck he is in that scene. Um, what is Lex doing and why is he doing it? Why is he crying over Zod? Where is yeah. he? Um, why does he hate? Why does he hate Superman? But he loves Zod <laughs> for some reason. 
what yeah no none of the none of the lex thought stuff was ever clear to me like uh why would he solve his scene missing why would he solve his problem of a super kryptonian on earth by making another even more super kryptonian like he's never seen if you give a mouse a cookie or something it's very confusing as to what he thought his the final outcome was going to be i think it's sort of it's sort of indicated that he thinks that by that he thinks that he is sort of giving birth to this creature um yes you know it's his own blood and then when it first when yes exactly when it first comes out he even he thinks i think he thinks he exhibits some sort of control over it and but then it's immediately revealed well, that he actually but, has no and there's ne- but there's not a scene of him realizing that there's not a scene of him being like oh shit there's a scene of there's the there's it lunges at him and superman saves lex luthor that's that's when the okay i didn't even see that it, 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 it doesn't <laughs> it's very quick it doesn't show it doesn't show lex i don't think it shows lex reacting to that and gaining an understanding but it's like this these these really really thin threads that we are supposed to follow about the relationship between Doomsday and Lex Luthor are supposed to justify themselves at that moment in which we never get any sort of uh, understanding of growth from Lex's character in terms of his understanding. So now we're at Batman v Superman. And okay. my, this is when the movie starts. My, my main takeaway from that is what uh, is okay so lex explains to superman that it was really easy to make batman think superman was a bad guy and he specifically mentions the notes in red ink with like taunting messages and so that makes me go yeah. does batman think superman is the one <laughs> sending him these notes like does he think superman is saying like you killed your whole family or whatever but aside from that i feel like in a movie called Batman v Superman, don't you want the battle to be more meaningful by having Superman not be blackmailed into killing, into trying to take down Batman? Like Superman is only, only starts fighting Batman in that scene because Lex says, I'll kill your mom if you don't. And if it's true that it was so easy to make, to make Batman think Superman was bad, why didn't Lex just go all the way and make Superman think Batman was the one who killed his mom. Like, why? It would have been really easy for Lex to make it seem like Batman was the one who kid who who kidnapped Martha. Because these guys, yeah. like, like the the last time these guys saw sure. each other, like Superman was threatening to end Batman. So it. And it would have been kind of a payoff for the way they've both been acting like such fucking pricks to have it like escalate to that level. And then mm-hmm. Superman would actually have a reason to go try to kill Batman that is motivated internally as opposed to an external force basically saying holding a puppy, you know, over a boiling pot of water and saying, sorry, you got to go kill this guy or I'm killing this. See, that's the, that's, that's the thing too, is like Superman can move as, as, as fast as the speed of light until, until the movie doesn't want him to. It's in my mind, you know, he, he, so he, Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor, 
you know, reveals his plot, says, you got to bring me the head as Batman. Then he goes to Lois and he says, I either I want I either got to convince him or I have or he has to die is what he's which is so fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess the movie wants us to be confused about his what he's going to do at this point still. Um, and but in my mind, the way I think about it is like you fly up in the air, you use your your supervision, find out where Batman is. Fly down, grab him, take him up into the air and rip off all his metal shit and just hold him there and have a conversation with him. And that's the end of the movie. <laughs> but instead they do. Here's what I want to know. Has telling someone they don't understand and that there's no time ever worked? No. <laughs> and he speaks so slowly. He's you like, don't Bruce, understand. you must understand. <laughs> there's and no it's time. Like Batman's, and, and it's like, and it's like, and the thing is, is like. I blame because Superman can withstand all of this stuff. He doesn't know Kryptonite's in play because he can withstand all of the stuff that Batman's throwing at him at this point. It's so stupid to me that he lashes out in anger. He the the first thing he lands and Batman starts shooting sound waves at him, and Superman easily destroys those things. Mm-hmm. And it's like Bat- Superman, why? It's 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 here's what it is. He's trying to come to the table and have a conversation with Batman, but instead he's still he. But he also has to be flexing while that happens. Right, Ex- exactly. He can't. He 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 has to look. Everything's got to look cool, man. It's got to look cool. And that's and that's and that's where I think. I think it's it goes back to the gun thing at the beginning, and with and with Thomas Wayne lunging at the the robber you know what makes more sense for our understanding of of traditionally how to- again we're bringing in other stuff into this but um you know how we understand tom wayne thomas wayne to be is is somebody who tries to you know mediate through these co- types of conflicts I mean, at the, at the point of this fight to me is that Superman arbitrarily becomes a martyr again in spite of doing what you're saying he's doing and just basically attacking Bruce instead of really yes. just trying to talk to him. You know, they have they have him say things like, no one stays good in this world, as if the world has put this burden on his shoulders as opposed to him having been acting like this is happening to him because he fell for yep. Lex's shit and went and threatened Batman in order to take the heat off of himself instead of... And instead of having him realize that, he acts like, I mean, it's it's pathetic. It's 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 borderline. It's disgusting to me the way he acts. And then I don't want to relitigate Martha. We all know that's stupid. But it was very. Fu- I've never seen it actually happen. And it was very funny to just see Batman realize that other boys have mommies. Can I say something about that? Because that's kind of my big thing. Is mm-hmm. that it's it has never ever bothered me that. That Batman stops fighting Superman because he realizes he has a mom. I mean, not 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 in the way other things bother me in this movie. What bothers me about it is that somebody, whether it be the scriptwriter or Zack Snyder or everybody uh, involved, they thought that the re- the big aha moment mm-hmm. is that Superman and Batman have this have moms with the same name, right? And that in order to get that conveyed to the audience. What we need to do is have Superman clumsily say, save Martha. Mm-hmm. It's it's a dumb thing. You would never come up to me and say, 
save Susan. Mm-hmm. He would say, save my mom. And it's like the thing, the, the, the actual emotional weight here is Batman realizing that Superman is a dude who lives mm-hmm. in and has this world mom. and has parents. And, and all he has to say is, save my mom. They're going to kill my mom. It's like that's that's all he has to say, and I and 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 everything that Batman does, like Batman, you know, halting and considering himself for a second. I think that that it all happens the same way, mm-hmm. well, but it's just a little bit less stupid. And you have then you have it's more heroic because Batman goes and saves Superman's mom, not because he's now best friends with Superman, but because he's fucking Batman. It's yes. because. Batman doesn't let innocent people die. So as soon as he finds out that there's that there's a mom in the mix, he still hates Superman, but he goes and saves the guy's mom anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think this movie is 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 a much better movie, still bad, but a much better movie if at the end of this it's it's Batman is Still questioning whether a super being like Superman should be allowed to exist. Right, under him. but but under I, but but what, understanding that he's maybe more human than he thought yes. he was. Yes, that's interesting. Yeah, Mike, what did you want to say about this scene? My note on the, the that kind of not quite final showdown, but basically their fight was uh, it's actually a pretty good plan as far as like a mortal like Batman trying to come after Superman. Because he's got the the gas bullets Mm -hmm. and then he's got the spear and he just has to lure him into the room with the spear. However, he had no idea Superman was going to be coming to that fight, wanting to converse with him and not fight. So he needed the spear in his hand as Superman landed. Like, you know, like Mm -hmm. he had no idea that that would have been like, oh, I can draw him out because he won't just immediately crush me. (laughs) Um, That was my only note on it, really. But like, again, that is the type of thing where you kind of just go with that like in a sitcom you say like well why didn't michelle or why didn't dj just tell danny tanner that uh it was she was holding her friend's drink at the party or whatever i don't know no no Uh, i don't think that works here i think this movie wants it thinks that you should be considering everything well it would i think what you're saying is that if this movie were a little better we wouldn't care oh yeah Right. Okay, that makes well, sense. I, I think with superhero stuff, you sort of just take it for granted. Like, okay, they're setting up a big action set piece. Sometimes it doesn't make perfect plot sense on how we get there. But I, as far as Batman's plan for this, it was kind of like, well, that's kind of a big, it's not a plot hole, yeah. but it's kind of like a big, like, right. Batman had no idea Superman wasn't going to just come and just immediately crush him right. into the ground and kill him. So his, his, his plan, plan was bad. Have been and he's supposed to be to a master strategist. Like, that is right. one of Batman's character traits is being very good at executing a plan. <laughs> Right. And his so, plan was yeah, terrible. That was, that was my only note. The Save Martha thing, I, I get that it was cheesy, and I actually remember there being memes about mm-hmm. that, like Save Martha being a joke kind of thing. Um, but I did like that they, and I guess that's just a coincidence of the comics because Batman and Superman were not conceived by the same people like way back in the day, I don't think. Um, anyways, I thought it was nice that that sort of brought them together on like a foundation. Like they both come it kind of gave them a shared humanity, even though Superman is other than but, a thing you still accomplished but, by not saying. The, right. The I name think Martha. I think that sure. it's a stronger. It's the stronger realization, as as Andrew says, is Batman's never thought about Superman having a mom. Right. As opposed to. Yes. No, so like, her just having there's the definitely flaws in it. 
But as far as like, as I was kind of just going with the movie, kind of being carried along by it, I was kind of like, oh, that's like, sure, fine. Like that they brought together. But I get that that's like a cheesy line. And as we've said now for quite a while, like there's all sorts of other problems going on in this movie. But I did think that like, it felt like there was a little bit of meaning in that scene to me, but not that's yeah. not to say like praise. I think you know. I think we can mostly maybe skip over um, Doomsday because who? I mean, really, who gives a shit? I did want to say okay. that everything. So this is a three-hour movie, and everything that fuels the final climax is introduced like either right before that climax or during it. So <laughs> yeah. like the Kryptonite spear is the only thing that will kill Doomsday, but thirty seconds ago Lois threw it in a fucking lake or whatever, and then oh no, right. she's got to go get it, and then it's like. Doomsday is unkillable because 10 seconds before that, they think they killed Superman. So, like, he becomes, it's like, oh, fuck. As opposed to, like, laying down breadcrumbs throughout that sort of payoff, it's like, it's almost like a new movie starts at that point, And it's like, here's all your new MacGuffins. Here's all your new, co- like, conflicts and obstacles. <laughs> yeah. It's As terrible. opposed to laying down uh, breadcrumbs, they just spilled a box of pancakes on the <laughs> counter real quick. And- <laughs> um. I think I also think in the same way to me when Lois and Clark have the moment of seeming to realize that Clark is going to that Superman's going to die when he goes and spears Doomsday. I just wonder mm-hmm. why? Why are you certain of that? The spear isn't the thing right. that kills Clark. First of all, I realize that proximity to it makes it difficult for him to heal. But he didn't know that Doomsday was going to punch a hole in his chest. Oh, yeah. Like, again, yeah, that's the dumbest thing right like like it it could be you know of all, superman has a decent chance of success and coming out with his life but they treat it like this is a suicide mission and it's just i don't understand like it's built on such an age-old cliche like that's a scene that has been in a million fucking movies and still they can't pull it off even in the most sort of like banal unoriginal way they can't make superman seem heroic in that moment. And I just think, yeah, I think a movie with Henry Cavill's titties and it doesn't have to be good for me to enjoy it. It just has to not suck this <laughs> yeah. fucking much. Like you said, there's yeah. so many um, beautiful people like Ben Affleck looks great. I, he doesn't really do anything for me, but he looks amazing yeah. in that scene where he's working out. I think that's great. Oh, I love that. And he could yeah. be a really good Batman. There, I agree. That's the thing. I, I know I don't like this movie, but it does frustrate me. Because of the, the 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 nuggets in it that I think could make for something truly original, especially in this climate where fans are constantly angry about something that doesn't follow right. their expectations to a T. So the there's so much in it that is it defies general fan expectation. You know, an old bat an older Batman. Uh I I I like I like Ben Affleck as Batman mm-hmm. and Bruce Wayne. I like um, I don't think it's I don't think it's good in this movie, but just like the things that I that I think that are uh, that, that that I think they're trying to go for, I think are genuinely very interesting. OK, so we have the final the funeral and then I mean, I'm on to little stragglers. So the only thing I want to say about the funeral is, you know, they have the scene of. First of all, like I said at the beginning, I think it's arbitrary that Superman won and Batman lost. They were they thought the same thing. It's just. Superman died like a martyr so he was right automatically and so when when Bruce but however when Bruce is standing there and says I failed him in life it's like actually yeah yeah Batman fucked the entire world up 
And then with the confidence of a billionaire's son, he just doubled da- doubles down on everything he was already doing even harder and goes right back to branding <laughs> people. <laughs> like it just could not more clearly illustrate that he did not learn the lesson. Technically, the he film. didn't brand anybody after that. Okay, whatever. Right back to like torturing and threatening. Also, how threatening people? Yeah. Um, and also, I just want to say, in the time that Lois was standing over Superman's open grave about to drop a pile of dirt, Batman went from Smallville to Gotham to put on his suit went yes. and threatened Lex and Metropolis so weird. and then went back to Main, Wayne Manor. And Man of Steel had that kind of shit in it, too. And it doesn't feel yeah. like cross-cutting, really, or montage. It it feels like I'm supposed to understand this it's, chronologically. <laughs> yeah, it feels, it feels like you're introducing a new way to understand your movie at right. the very end of the movie. Right. You know, it's like it there, cause you can, you can edit non-linearly fine. Like that's, that's, that's a thing that's tried and true, but to, to bounce back and forth is mm-hmm. truly jarring. Right. Okay. Yeah. I was confused by that. Anything that about the funeral, Mike? I have two notes of things that we've covered and then I am done. Okay. Uh, what uh, I I really liked the line. If you seek his monument, look around you. Like I, I again, totally agree. Maybe if yeah, yeah, it's great. Maybe I if was, it was like, in a better is that movie, from it, it something be... else? It was so good that I'm like, maybe this is a reference that I don't know. It's yeah. so good. Um, second thing was, I was more of a question, probably for Andrew. Uh, when they when the police come to arrest Luke uh, Lex Luthor. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. doing something like manifesting some sort of like creature that's like it's like a devil horns thing. What is that? Yes, that's the that vil- that's know? that's the main villain in the Joss Whedon version of Justice. Okay. okay. Wow. So I didn't know if that <laughs> was like those, another those, Doomsday. Those or... boxes are the MacGuffin. MacGuffin. Okay. okay. Get ready. Baby. Okay. Cool. So those that's the completion of my notes. I did I did like the Lex Luthor taunting Batman. You can't unring the bell again good line but there's also I, sorts of things i liked the music I, the music that, that they would play scene, yeah oh no go ahead sorry what? go ahead so one thing about that specific, specific scene is they he goes into the prison and it looks like there's like a guard and a visitor coming down the hall and then the lights go out and they're completely gone mm-hmm. but it's like a very long hallway there's yes. no like trap door that we know of and then batman's there and, the, and, I, so and he made question, the lights all cool he made the lighting cool right yeah it turns red and yeah so, so there's like, where a, did there's those a, dudes go there's a line earlier in the movie that basically indicates that Batman and law enforcement are working together. Which, of course, we they never are. ever okay. see it. In fact, we see the opposite of that. Because, of course, Batman is famously a friend of cops. But in the first scene where he's torturing the dude, the cops are like, who the fuck is... <laughs> and I don't know if that's because... Is he in Metropolis, right. maybe, at that... I don't, I don't fucking know. But, like... <sighs> I don't know. Because I questioned that in that scene. I was like, wait a minute. The cops don't know who Batman is? Of course they do. Um, okay. So, Lil Stragglers. Mike, you don't have any? Uh, we've covered everything. I only I have one. Noted. Okay. Okay. That's good to that's um, good to know. Yeah, I I basically I, I was just thinking about um how how much like birth and mom mm-hmm. uh, imagery the the you know Again. Batman even rising at the beginning is like a birth canal. I mean, there's there's yeah. so much mom and birth stuff, and it seems to carry over from Man of right. Steel, but it to me it makes. Even though it's fumbled in both movies, it makes more sense to me in Man of Steel. Like yes. it feels more fundamental to that movie than it does to this movie. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like all of that stuff is just leading towards um, the Martha moment, which means they they held even that 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 had even more weight to it right. than uh, 
than I think we realize. It just is so fumbled. Um, yeah. And then and then all the, you know, some of the like the religious uh, imagery again is mm-hmm. is just very cu- kind of ridiculous. The 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 thing it had to be a spear, of course. And then mm-hmm. um, you know when Superman's being let his body's being Pieta. let down. It's just very, very Christ-like, and there's, mm-hmm. there's, you know, uh, crucifixes right. in the background, and even when, yeah. So anyway, it's, it's which again, it's completely image-based. Nothing that he's doing is sacrificial in the text at yes. all. Um, yes. Okay, so my little stragglers, as I mentioned, I think Zack Snyder has seen and misunderstood a lot of David Fincher movies. We've talked about the Social Network. There were echoes of Seven in this. There was a, the Fight Club scene with Batman, like. There's a totally, lot of totally. him trying to be Finchy. Good call. Um, yeah. Okay, I have a question. So was that a Batman scratch card, or did that guy, like, draw a little bat symbol for Clark? He drew it. Okay, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> um, I think um, the worst thing Zack Snyder can imagine is not being able to piss standing up. <laughs> I laughed about that. That was so that funny. That guy's complaints. Like, I, I mean, he, when he said his wife walked out on him, like, okay, I understand that's bad. Walked. But if, she walked out on but me. But <laughs> if your wife walks out on you because you are paralyzed, then I think Superman did you a favor by getting rid yeah, of that lady. Yeah, for sure, dude. Um, I but love, what if she was, like, smoking hot, though? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. She needed that dick. Um, No, I'm just saying, like, like you, you were never in it for, like, a personality thing. But, like, exactly. She just was smoking Good point. hot. Um, so I'm saying like, you know, it sucks. So Zack Snyder, um, loves a horse at the scene of a tragedy in this movie. And it was very like walking dead where like that police horse emerging from the dust of Superman's nine 11 is like, Oh shit's really bad. Cause this horse, he's not connected to anyone. Like this horse is just walking around. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Yeah, I think it's sad that we see everyone in this movie seems to chop or hammer something or do CrossFit except Henry Cavill. Um, like we get to sure. <laughs> we get to see Scar chopping wood. Um, oh, and then my question. Oh, I like I like Alfred. I wanted to say whatever. that. Whatever. Like there are so many huge people in this movie who have like two lines. It's very weird. I just he's very it's very like his he's the, just his character design like looks like a uh like an Instagram ad or something mm-hmm. like that. Um but like I I I again I think it's like oh this is a slightly different version of of Alfred than I think we've seen before yes. and I I I liked it. Okay, did Michael Shannon have to come back for this movie or at least no. get his body cast for it for the Zod dummy? No. And if so, where can I get one of those Michael Shannon Zod dummies? <laughs> That's gross. Um <laughs> <laughs> he no he he came back and recorded some ADR for scenes that okay. were never used. Okay, cool. Um, so there is more. There are more scenes on the cutting room floor that could be added back into this movie. Maybe they'll be in Justice League cuts. Um, Let's, we can only hope the Snyder cut. Okay, uh, poor Kevin Costner completely forgot that he didn't talk like a cowboy in the first movie. <laughs> he has a, <laughs> he sounds fucking bananas. Um, I liked Ben Affleck's cartoony, like mecha Batman outfit with the glowing eyes. That was like really cool and doesn't look like every other Batman, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it, it's a it's a thing from Dark Knight Returns. I, 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 I was sure it was not Snyder's idea. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I laughed when Lex said well, Superman's like, where is where's my mom? And Lex goes, I don't know. I would not let them tell me. That's pretty funny. That's a good little like <laughs> villain extra. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Batfleck busting through the window with his wings open looked pretty fucking cool. 
when he yeah. comes in to save Martha. I'm like, oh, I wish it had been. Neat. I wish it. I wish it had been more than twelve frames long. More than twelve but, frames yeah. and lit just slightly more so that I could tell it was <laughs> happening more. without going back. Um, yeah. Oh. Yes. I have a little straggler. The uh, scene when Batman's saving Martha, kicking it. Like I really that's did. Great. And I know. That's yeah, great. That, that is that that's, was cool. That's what Zack Snyder does best. I think. I yeah. think. I think it is. I, I. I'm sorry. I know I'm interrupting you. Punching I just in the okay. dark. That is like physically. That is the best version of Batman we've ever seen. Yeah. I like the. I think the bat suit is great. It's cloth. This is a thing that I feel like we've all wanted to see, which is Batman be able to like crouch and move quickly. Um, but like mm-hmm. the scene where they first introduce Batman and like he dodges the shotgun blast and like crawls across the ceiling, like that's so cool. I think yeah. that, that's stuff that I think has been missing from Batman. Yeah. The, the so the one thing I noted from that was that I really liked where he he just grabs one of the guys and like shoves his head through the floor because like all the floorboards are kind of like crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and like yeah, and awesome. I know we we've we've had our qualms about like the actual like morality of Batman and Superman in this movie, but like in terms of like a, a fight scene, I was like, that I've was never cool. seen that before. <laughs> yeah, so no, it looks cool. it looks very cool. Um, I I agree. I or, or like when he jumps across the 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 crate and then like. Grab with the grappling hook, grabs the crate and hits the dude with it. I think yeah. that's like there's <laughs> just very very good choreography. Yeah, and it's, that's and it's an that's where he's thinking fight. shit out. It's choreo. It's yeah. not a video game like shot in super wide. It's like I mean, look, I wish I could see more what was happening. Um, like sure. shit sparking and like I don't know if someone got does someone have a knife. Like what is this? I can't see it very well. But just the hand to hand combat is more fun than all the superheroes just like glitching forward like at their <laughs> at their yeah, target right. um i have a couple more little stragglers um okay. i thought that f- the corn funeral was great and that's what i want now please um a corn funeral and they I'm gonna bury you in mike's backyard right <laughs> and that's fine i would love that i'll haunt his ass so hard um he'll have to i want to talk about <laughs> justice league <laughs> um I thought his coffin for the, the 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 like military coffin looked so dumb, and I think there was one other good line in the movie. I like when Wonder Woman says they don't know how to honor him except as a soldier, which mm. would actually be a really good kind of epitaph for the more traditional idea of Superman as like a good guy. Um, and oh, I thought Martha was fucking stone cold giving. Um, Giving Lois that ring and then just like that saying, was messed oh, he up. Left this for I know. You. I said and the same thing. That like, is ins- Man, does she, does she <laughs> can, hate this can, woman? <laughs> can you give it six months, lady? Come on. Good lord. She just oh, like man. tossed me like he left this for you. Like, I think <laughs> I think it would have been great if they would have just shown like Lois Lane just go into full on like mental breakdown mode right then. <laughs> um, and she could become a super villain. <laughs> yeah, it is like she hates Lois. Um, and then finally, I honestly thought that this was a almost a perfect summation of how shitty the shittiness of this movie when the the really really great writing they have when diane lane is walking away from her beloved son's open grave she's about i don't know conservatively six yards away from where she's just buried her son and she goes and then she starts worrying about how she's going to pay for this just so that the priest (laughs) can say Batman paid for it. Don't worry. Like, yeah. 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 Wow. That is Zack Snyder in a nutshell, I think. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
can we skip the cruise minute since this is yeah, a special we bonus can, track? Yeah, we can skip it. All I, I All just right. want to, the only the final thing I, I want to say is it would be really great if Zack Snyder could be a director without as much power as he has. What if and, what if he was in the Nolan or the Spielberg role, sort of giving notes I, on things? That's what I kind of think. Or yeah. or if he was honestly, if he was, um, you know, yeah, a produ- more of a producer, or or a, or even like or George Lucas, be, or George Lucas, exactly. That was it. Okay, um, okay. Thank you for joining us tonight, folks. Please join us next week for the 2017 cut of Justice League. Uh, slow motion triple feature was recorded in the tub with Amy Adams special <laughs> thanks to our producer Lee the man in the booth who makes us sound great if you'd like to contact us please do so at slow triple at gmail.com 